Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, no ad for today's show. Russell Peters, I just want to say that uh, for the fans of the Forbes series out there, Rob Bell and I are doing a show together on January 10th at the Regent Theater in L.A. Uh, it's going to be really, really fun, us on stage at the same time. It's going to be amazing, I think. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I hope you can come out. January 10th, Regent Theater, me and Rob Bell, we're calling it Together at Last. <laughs> Anyway, uh, this is a great episode. There's a, there's a, a problem in the sense that I was recording it off of a recorder, and then I had my backup recorder, and the main recorder didn't work, and the backup recorder missed the first five minutes, uh, maybe four minutes, but he was in the bathroom for part of that. So you might hear me referencing, like, you took a shit on my podcast, or, like, going up his staircase, and he had, like, framed golden guns. And, uh, like, a magnum freight, like, really weird uh, hip-hop stuff that I made fun of him for. Kind of, you know, like, very much like a rapper's mansion. Uh, so if I reference uh, guns framed in his, in his kind of foyer, uh, that might have been covered in the beginning that got cut out there. But that's all that you're missing. And uh, I got to, I, I had never met Russell before. Well, I met him one other time. But I never uh, really talked to him. But we got along uh, instantly and had a good talk. So I really hope you enjoy... Uh, world famous comedian Russell Peters And I do mean world famous This guy goes everywhere selling out huge theaters I've never talked to anybody like that before uh, and, 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 I, and I enjoyed it And that's it A couple of stand-up dates are on PeteHolmes.com I got Irvine coming up I believe San Diego is on there uh, And like I said, January 10th Regent Theater, me and Rob Bell Doing the Together at Last show uh, That's it, enjoy Russell Peters Jesus loves you Have you seen an American movie? Which one's a, yeah, which one is that documentary? documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About yeah. those weird guys? And there's the old guy, the first line in the movie is he goes, It's alright, it's okay, it'll be alright, <laughs> Jesus told me so. That was the movie where they were trying to get a movie made? Yeah. Yeah. It's very sweet. Yeah. As a successful person, do you ever like watching movies? I do. I, I'm not, I'm not like super successful. You but are like, very successful. Well, here's the thing, Pete. Yeah. I knew who you were. Yeah, and I was a fan of who you were. Oh, I liked, I loved your show. And I knew your stand-up. Thank you. And I just recently found out you're a Boston guy, which makes all the more sense as to uh, why. How's that? I thought you're from it uh, seemed, Canada. I'm from Toronto, but it seems to me like all the the most brilliant comedic minds come from Boston. <laughs> I don't know what it is over there. I don't know. How much you know? How, how shitty it is to go well, out there or something. But I'll, I'll, first of all, thank you very much. And secondly, I'll put that to you: is that something that I found about Boston? And I don't think it's the same for like Bill Burr necessarily, or or anybody. It's just for me: is that I always felt like an outsider in my hometown. They're all like really rabid sports fans. They they all seem to know how to drive. They all know how to fix a car. They all know how to like fight. They're men. They're like, men. They're, they're they're alpha males. Alpha males, and even the you're women- not less of a man. You're just not an alpha male. <laughs> That's exactly what you get. Like, I just realized I was like, 
oh, I'm outside of this. Yeah. I, I appreciate it, but I'm outside of it. And then I was re- thinking about that recently, that a lot of comedians, they spend a lot of our lives outside of ourselves. That's Absolutely. why we have observations. That, that's what makes a comic a comic. Exactly. And that's what makes the people that make people happy sometimes in, at risk for being less happy. Because you go to the zoo or whatever, you might be having these observations that just kind of come out, whether it's for your act or just to be you know, charming and engaging in life. But it's also taking you out of that moment. And I, I think that's something that we all have to kind of like combat. Yeah. Do you find that? Did you feel it like an outsider? You have a lot Always. of... Always. Well, you know, I got, I've got a few outside issues, you know. Uh, yeah. I'm outside America because I'm Canadian. I'm outside of Canada because I'm brown. You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> the, the out, my outsiderness just keeps, you know, continuing. And isn't that why... I but mean, the I'm, further outside you are, the more perspective you gain. That's right. Well, yeah. you knew what you were... And then you knew how you lined up with those things. Canadian. Are, are you from, is your family from India? Yeah, they're from India. Indian, Indian American, or whatever you want to say. So you knew what the clan's values were. <clears throat> right. And I was also outside of the Indians because the type of Indian we are is so specific. And you <laughs> what's know, my name is Russell that? Peters. Yeah. My dad was Eric. My mom is Maureen. <laughs> you know, my cousins are Michael, Andrew, Gordon, Bruce. Oh, my God. You know, Patty, you know. What, so what is, what? Their last names are Brown, Page. What accounts for that? Uh, the British being in India for oh, as yeah, many that's why hundreds of years as they were. Take and, tea and all that. And we were products of their uh, mixing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So you're part uh, British as well. Yeah, I guess so to speak, but I, there's nothing about me that would suggest that when you look at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't look at me and go, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you add cream to tea, as they say. Yes. <laughs> they had, Absolutely. You had I do. cream to like a dark tea. I still do. <laughs> And it's so funny when I order hot tea here in America. I'm like, can I get some hot tea? And they just bring it, and I'm like, can I get a creamer? <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. I, I, it freaks me out. I'm like, who's drinking tea like this? <laughs> just Iced tea, I understand, tea. but not fucking hot tea. Although you go to a Thai restaurant, they're fucking creaming up that tea. Oh, my God. they're, they're Who knows what they're doing to that thing? <laughs> There's so much sugar in syrup. it. Yeah. You drink that, and you're like, I love this so much. Yeah. But you don't realize you're mainlining like the oh, purest... Yeah. Most uh, refined white sugar, which is what what makes it so wonderful, obviously. <laughs> so that outsiderness. Do you feel outside of your life? That's one. I know that's kind of a. I don't mean to be trite and obviously. No, 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 deep. no. But I'm just saying. What is the uh, when you say that? What is what is that? What? Do you find it <clears throat> difficult as an artist mm-hmm. to experience something without? Can you let go? Like when you I, have, when I I, yeah. I don't think letting go is my issue. I think accepting it is my issue. You mean you have a problem? With reality, I, well, well, no. When, um, <laughs> when, it, like, when I first started becoming successful, I had a really tough time accepting that I was getting all these things, and there was more talented people and funnier people and people that may have been doing it longer than I have, who I kind of felt like I skipped the line. Sure. And I've been doing this twenty five years now, stand up. So, right. and That's now a- I'm very comfortable with it because I put in the time. Right. People know I, I'm not a, a fly-by-night guy, or mm-hmm. I didn't circumvent anything. I, I did my time. I did the hard road. Or like a gimmick or a flash. Yeah, yeah, or, all of that stuff. But and, all those feelings of illegitimacy don't go away just because you have a very successful tour. Or, no, absolutely. Or, yeah, one tour is not going to make that. Right. But I'm on my fourth arena tour now, so it's kind of like, at some point i got to go, all right, you know, fuck it, I'm going to, yeah, that's I like absurd. this, and I'm going to own this. Yeah, but what about just regular life? The example that I like to go to is even even sometimes having sex, like I'll be thinking... Oh, I do that all the time. It's weird that this is a thing we do, or whatever, some observation. Well, for me, it's, I can't believe how hot this girl is. This girl would never have looked at me before. It's just like, it puzzles me. I'm just like, and I just take it, I go, well, you know what, what? 
These are the spoils of war, I guess. Yeah, those are the spoils of war, but are you able to enjoy them? I guess what I'm asking is, can you stop narrating your own life in your brain as an artist, as a comedian? No, it's always there. It's, it's a <laughs> nagging. Well, that, you know, I'll give an example. Yesterday, yeah. I took my daughter to the mall, and there was one of those little play areas in the mall called Giggles and Hugs, and she wanted to go in there... <clears throat> And she's running like around. my favorite bar, by the way. Just giggles yeah. and hugs. Yeah, right. That's all I want out of life. <laughs> How are you? With grown people. I just yeah. want to. I want to clarify. With grown people, not not four year olds. Yeah. <laughs> Although a four year old hug. If your daughter, my was daughter, here, goes, when she's coming here, I would ingratiate myself to she her. Will give you the, she gives the best hugs you've ever felt. If you haven't hugged a four year old, and I'll say girl, especially a girl recently, you're missing out. They're very. Sweet. She's very sweet. It's right there. She's like she's a little girl. She's a little girl. Yeah. And talk about being in the moment. Talk about what we're talking about. Your daughter went to the mall. You know what I mean? Right. That was all that was happening probably for her. I'm not saying she's not introspective, but she's innocent, I'm guessing. Well, she is, and she, she, I think she's, she understands that she can have anything now, I think. She's starting to get it? She gets it, because I want that. No, you can't have that. But I do want that. That's yeah. her thing, and I make fun of her. I go, you do want that? Well, you're not going to get that. You know, I mock her a little bit, as they need to be. Well, did you... Do you... In lieu of beatings, we must mock <laughs> Although, in the future, they'll be like, you gotta beat the kids, don't mock them, because yeah. they'll all be fucked yeah, up. Yeah, you don't want the them mocking. to be mentally messed up. They're yeah. better they're physically hurt momentarily. Yeah. How do you, how do you build a boundary around that? I know that's a personal question, and if any of these are too personal, I'm, skip not, it. I'm not a personal guy. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not too, you don't mind sharing. I don't mind sharing. When when you do have uh, at a certain point three hundred thousand dollars, you could pretty much buy anything a four year old girl would want if you had that much money, right. and you have more than that, right? And so she knows that she's starting to put that together. Yeah, I don't know that she has a dollar figure or like understands. I think she just thinks daddy can make things appear. I don't think she understands <laughs> money because she loves coins, like she loves pennies and nickels. Yeah. Like, I could give her a, a $100 bill, but she'll want the coins. Of course. Much more I mean? fun. Much more, more fun. Tactile. Makes more noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Coins yeah. are kind of where it's at. Far more tangible. I love going to Great Britain because you get the pound. It, look, it's oh, like yeah. a, it looks like or a go piece to Canada. of gold. You've got loonies and toonies. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and they eliminated the penny. They did? Yeah. I don't care for that. Isn't that weird? Don't get rid of money. I, that's what I said. <laughs> so, no, I'm, I'm not making this up. So if you go to the store and something is $2.48, they'll round it up to two fifty. Everybody. And if it's two forty. Or they'll round it down to two forty. That's weird. It, it's, it's so it kind of balances out. It does, but it's fucking bizarre. In theory, yeah. When I was young, I remember thinking, if I'm rich, I'm going to lie to my kids that we're rich, so they'll have character. Is it a concern that your children will grow up? I, I am. I am very concerned that she will not understand struggle. Yeah, but I'm going to make her understand struggle. How's that? I know you're a boxer. Are you going to fight your I'm child? Fight child. <laughs> She's going to. She's going to know. No, this is a thing. Like with everybody knows. I'm sure we'll get into your story. Everybody knows that pain is the breeding ground for a personality, mm -hmm. for talent, for depth, for introspection. I'm not saying that people that don't have a, an abundance of those things don't have value. These might be some of our world's greatest <coughs> scientists or whatever it is. People that can like operate outside of those human uh, annoyances. Mm -hmm. But if you want your daughter to have struggle, what do you? What? How? What? <coughs> well. She doesn't need to necessarily have it as much as she needs to understand it. There you go. And respect it. Mm-hmm. You can't impose struggle on somebody. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, that's well, Dana, apartheid. Dana, Car <laughs> Dana Carvey was on the show recently. He was talking about how he let go of it. His children are older than yours. He let go of it a long time ago. The idea that... He's like, I want them, again, kind of like what you're saying. He didn't right. say it the same way, but understanding. He's like, they're not going to have it. 
but I want them to get it, and I want them to not have a privileged worldview, even if they have a privileged bedroom yeah, right. or car. Yeah, like, I'll take you into my daughter's bedroom after this. I bought yeah. her a $9,000 bed. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I had it made for her. What is it? It's, it's uh, a race car that actually no, drives. It's, a, it's like a castle <laughs> that has two floors and a slide that comes oh, down. fuck. You, I, you know what I do? That's great. I buy shit. For my daughter that I wished I would have had. What's funny, because I saw she had a birthday recently? Yes, uh, Sunday was her birthday. Oh, wow. Happy birthday to her. What's her name? Christiana. Christiana, beautiful name. So I saw the Frozen thing, Mm -hmm. and I had, see, again, being outside of our lives, it's not like I was going to talk about this in a routine or anything, but I was looking at it, I was like, when you have more money, you start buying things for children that make sense to grown-ups. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, shitty Halloween costumes when you're a child aren't shitty. They're magic. Yeah. But when when you have more money, or if you're famous, and you get the better. Access. You could get your daughter the actual Iron Man costume. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. she could walk around in the flying one. Yeah, which is perfect because we're in Tony Stark's house right now. This <laughs> is a ridiculous problem. You like it? I love it. It's great, right? We're, I'm going to write down your daughter, and I'm going to let's talk about your house a little bit. Daughter and and privilege, but this is the most gorgeous house in the world. I've never seen anything like it. I'm sure you get that all the time. I just moved here in May, so I'm doing all the renovations. You got to come back next year. When it's I all would done. love to. I would. I would love to come here. Honestly, the main you, feature. You know what I tell people? Yeah. Uh, any anybody that knows me, even if I'm not home and you just want to go and hang out at my house, just send me a text. Say I happen to be in Malibu. Can I go by your house and I can open the house from my phone? You shut your dick every day. Yeah. I'm going to take you up on that because that's I'm tearing out this and making this glass so that way you don't have these stupid pillars blocking your view. Brilliant. Yeah. Wait, that that's going to be a glass balcony yeah. like a very nice hotel. Yeah. I've noticed that like uh, rich people, do you mind if I say rich people? Yeah. Peers, right? Yeah, I don't care. I don't think mentally I'm rich. I think I'm just financially I'm rich. Look at you. <laughs> You're getting it. Yeah. You don't want your ch- your daughter to struggle. You want her to understand struggle and yeah. you don't want to be mentally rich. You yeah. just happen to be it's just a fact. It's yeah. just, you could show me. I just am, part. and then, but I've been poor. I was poor for so much longer. Yeah. Than I had money. Yeah. I know poor way better. Well, th- let's. That's my original question for you before you, you took a shit on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it became a, a podcast. <laughs> Dude, you're funny. <laughs> it's so stupid to say, <laughs> but I love funny people. So um, how is wealth suiting you? The reason I brought up George Harrison was he said they, they all became super rich, super famous when they were like 20, right. 21. And he was like, uh, we realized that that wasn't the thing. So you talk about being poor, and that probably was a different, obviously a different experience, and now you're rich. Do you find which plugged you into life better? Which made you feel more whole? Is, is wealth leaving you cold? Uh, no, I think I was, uh, I struggled long enough to yeah. understand. I got to uh, a, a real bottom with that, like to a point where I had zip zero. You hit zero. Zero what negative. Age? I was negative. <laughs> what age? Uh, 34. Oh, really? What happened? I just had no money. Did you, were you? Oh, 30, uh, 33. Sorry, 33. Your Christ year had a reverse. Yeah, my Christ year felt like I was going to get crucified. <laughs> you got crucified in <laughs> Christ year. They really drained you. Yeah. They, so what happened? So you were just, you were a working comic? I had an INRI tattoo on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> As someone who I pride myself on being pretty religiously sound, I don't know. I know that's something in Latin. That's uh, uh, I don't know. I think it, it means it's right on the top of the cross. King that's, of the Jews. I really do like think that, it means probably, King yeah. of the Jews. Uh, <laughs> an Inri joke. <laughs> I had a joke about how Christ is doing that. The the two fingers. This means the 
man and God, the two up, and this means the Trinity. That's what he's doing. I I did not know that. One of my earliest bits was, it's because he always drew a crowd, and he'd be like, whoa, whoa, I know, I know, he'd put his hand up. It's a stupid joke. (laughs) But in re-humor being said, I'm going to share that with you. So uh, you were 33 and you were broke. What happened? You just ran out of money? I I just, you know, I was a struggling comic. You're touring around? I've been doing stand-up to 33. I was doing stand-up 14 years at that time. Wow. And uh, I was just touring around Canada. I was doing world dates, you know, but I wasn't like a, you know, I wasn't doing world dates because, wow, Russell Peters is coming. It's like, oh, this guy out of England books shows and Right. You were doing in, comedy in Hong nights. Kong. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You did a comedy night. Yeah, I did comedy nights. It could nights. have been anyone. Could have been anyone, and it wasn't uh, always necessarily for the locals. Yeah. If it went to another expats. country, it'd be expats. Yeah. Which isn't really, <clears throat> when people say, oh, I performed here and I performed there, and I was like, well, who'd you perform for? The troops. And I'm like, well, yeah. then you didn't really go to those places. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, you can say you went to the country, but you didn't see the people, and you didn't perform for the people. Right, right, right. I wonder that about you as an international performer. When I go to these countries, I'm playing for these people. That I find fascinating. because so I, I find that fascinating. I stole this. You got this notebook in Montreal, and so yeah. did I. You want one? Did you get it from me? I stole yours. Absolutely. You can have this, though. Take, these are take, my it, notes. take it away, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm also going to take your gold gun lamp. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> if you want it, it's yours. I will give that to you like that. It's kind of like a Christmas story, but the hip-hop a Christmas yeah. story. It's not the leg lamp. I, I like the irony of it all. That I understand. <laughs> I'm starting to understand that as, I, as I'm absorbing your warmth. That is now funny to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing devious about me. It's just more of a... It's not dumb. Yeah, that is dumb, but in a great way. Yeah. I've got another lamp, which is shaped like a little boy yeah. with a round head. The light bulb is his head, and, the, and, um, and his penis is the light switch. <laughs> I put that in my mom's bedroom. If you want light, you got to do what she you got to do. She loves it. She's like, oh, I'm all fun. Oh, my God. So you're, you're, if you're in Canada, you know, oh, we were talking about playing different places, though. When I go to Canada... Mm-hmm. We like look at all the comedians auditioning for new faces. They're sweating right. because they're like, "What do they call? Do they have Subway here?" I remember was a big question. Uh, yeah. You know that would always bother me as a as a Canadian when, Ameri- when my American friends would come up and perform. They'd be like, they would ask me like the most ignorant questions. Yeah, I'm like, have you? Do you think America's the only fucking place in the world with this shit? Like, I literally had a guy go, you, you guys got TV shows here? That's... What, what does that fucking mean? What do, do we have TV shows? No, what is this magical box of TV you speak of? We're filming this for TV. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in like, Canada. The questions were just so ridiculous. Yeah, but if you go to Hong Kong... Like, in Kong, America, we have a store called Home Depot. <laughs> we know, motherfucker. We have it, too. It's called cultural imperialism. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. That's why your last name is Peters. Yeah. <laughs> so, but if you go to someplace very exotic, Canada, not very exotic. You know, no, you know, not at all. London, not very exotic. No. But if you go, you've performed, what's the most exotic place you've performed? Um, shoot, I don't know. I've been everywhere. I think it's easier. Thailand? Thailand, yeah. You performed in Thailand? I performed in Bangkok for really? the Thai people. It's for real Thai? Real Thai people. Wow. How that, I mean... And it sold out. It was like, you know, 8,000 people or something. It that's only so that's like one neighborhood. <laughs> that's yeah, right. like one tiny... That was one rickshaw. That's right. One tuk-tuk. <laughs> so what do you do? Do you research? Do you get writers? What are no, you doing? No. I just do my act. You do your They're act. already there to see you. They already they are familiar with what I do because of the internet. Right. Of YouTube yep. and what have you. They have the internet? <laughs> they God, they have this thing wrong. called the intranet. Do they have TV shows? <laughs> they have TV shows. <laughs> so you go up and you talk about your family. Mm-hmm. 
I do, I do my act. But you don't have to come out and go like, oh, I say Tinder. They don't have Tinder. Or eBay. <clears throat> I'm sure they have eBay. That, yeah, that's do. a bad example. But like, but there's certain things that you, I mean, you know, I don't really go for the pop culture references too much just because. Was that natural or did you intentionally It's just, it's just it? never been my thing. I always, I've always seen other people do it and I've seen other people do it better. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why would I do something less than if I could do my own thing better than? Here's here's something that's very interesting to me. It's a good business strategy, especially when a comedian is starting out to be clean because you'll be able to work more. Right. Now, when I say broad, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. You can call a comedian broad and that means bad, but your act is broad. It, it has to be yeah. to take all the people of the world on that same journey. You right. do the act in Jersey. You do the act in Bangkok. Yeah. People are still laughing about you talking about your family. Was that intentional? You're obviously business-minded, right? Uh, I'm, I actually wasn't business-minded. No. My brother's the business-minded guy. But does he tell you things like that? Like, hey, make, that bit, maybe maybe write more bits like that bit, because that bit really No, he'll here. tell me stuff like, uh, you know... Uh, and my brother will sometimes tell me things that are not helpful, because <laughs> he's not an artistic... Like, well, he's artistic, but he's not, like, a performer. He doesn't get right. what we do to the whole, you know... He doesn't get how emotionally attached we are to the words and the things we do on stage. Right, right, right. And I always can... You know, that's how I always judge somebody as far as how much of a comic they are. If they're emotionally attached to what's happening and how they feel when they get off. How I, bad does it hurt if you bomb? Is it, is it yeah, a gauge? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great gauge. <laughs> if and, you, you know, get off... And, and I hate when people up. don't do well and come off and go, oh, man, I killed. And I'm like... Laughter ears. What, what did you? What what the fuck did you hear? Yeah, which is weird because that's a byproduct of your first couple of years. This kind of takes us back to you being broke a little bit. When you start, you have to do badly and believe that you're getting better at least. Right. But some people hold on to that for the rest of their careers, and they yeah. Never I still work. never. I was always. But here's the problem for me was I think because when I was really uh, when I was younger and growing up in Canada, I experienced a lot of racism and a lot of uh, a lot of people just saying mean things to you on a daily basis. Really? Yeah, not just, you know, once or twice. Like, everybody says something mean to you every day. Like, casually? Tell you're about 15. Casually? Oh, yeah, it would be just a matter of factly. Can you give me an example? Not to teach like, people hate, but... <laughs> no, but for in Canada in the 70s and 80s, uh, Indian people were the, were the target of all... Not all, but uh, a good majority of the racism law. I can't speak on other people, but I know being the only Indian guy around, yeah. I experienced a shit ton of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't understand it because I, I didn't hate anybody. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, I'm, I, you know, they would call us Paki. I, I was wondering <clears throat> if it was Paki, which is doubly offensive because you're not. We're even not even Pakistani. But, yeah. But it was, it would always be like, and it would always have that venom attached to it, like fucking Paki. And I'm like, mm. ooh, who is that guy? I'm like, I wonder who this Paki is because I'm fucking, I'm worried about him too. You know, like I would get to the park and they're like, let's go, the Paki's here. And I'd fucking start running too. I don't want him to get me. Yeah. And then, you oh know, God. I'd be chasing after these people thinking, hey, I don't want the Paki to get me. Only either. reinforcing the fear. Yeah. <laughs> they will chase you. Yeah. <laughs> they will no. go right after yeah. you. Well, that's terribly hurtful. Yeah. So you, you get beaten down enough. To the point where you mentally look at everybody sort of timidly mm-hmm. and you and you well this talk about being an outsider yeah and you suspect that they're better than you yeah so you always feel like you should not be too uh, outlandish or I wonder if that's why it was hard for you not that it's not normal it's normal to right. accept success it's, right. a, it's a grotesque amount I don't mean bad grotesque I right. just mean it's a huge amount of Abundance, right? For one person, it would almost be more concerning if you were like, "Nope, this is right." This, I, I'm. Caesar. Oh yeah, I, I, I agree. If I, I think when people settle into it too much, you're like, right? No, the crunk glass out, drinking <laughs> syrup on your on your balcony. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no reason anybody should 
like be, expect to ever have this right to be and to be okay with it but i wonder <clears throat> yeah. if you got a lesson in inferiority and if that's part of what fostered your comedy oh absolutely or that's, that's why i think that's why people the people that relate to what i'm saying uh or or dig what i'm saying right probably have the same mentality well you are- and they can sense it and and even when i always tell people like you know uh when i go to canada i'm like you know I've, nobody ever looks at me and goes he made it they look at us they look at me and go oh wow we made it Mm. It's kind of like I represent a group of people mm-hmm. who never thought they could make it. It's like John F. Kennedy getting the White House for, yeah. for Bostonians, like yeah. for Boston Irish. I mean, like, if you look yeah, at... Yeah, because he had a hot accent. And yeah, and he looked like... Ass knob, it's country Gnofio. The betterment. I like the second part of that because it says betterment. He goes, <laughs> betterment. Don't, and to the nations of the world, don't ask what the United States can do for you. Ask what we, together, can do for the betterment of mankind. Betterment. Great, great Boston word right there. Yeah. <laughs> How come you don't have a Boston accent? I grew up in Lexington. I don't know what the Kentucky. equivalent was. See, I say Boston because people think I mean Lexington, Kentucky, because I look so corn-fed. <laughs> but uh, so you do deliver something to... I, I can't speak... You speak to this. I think you do deliver something that is necessary. There's obviously uh, not just... There's a, a void, there's and a void. filling it. That's right. That's right. There's black, there's white. Right. That's basically how America's divided. But, and, but what they forget is that there's way more of the other people... That's right. ...than there are of the black and the white. Is that true? Yeah, and it's going to continually be more true and more true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not something that it's not a truth that's going to change. It's a truth that's going to become more factual as right, time goes right. on. Right. Are you saying that if let's just even to today it, the the yeah. Surgeon General is an Indian guy got sworn in today. Is that right? Yeah, and Why? he's a young Indian guy who's become the Surgeon General. I'm I like, trust that more than an old white guy. <laughs> and he's very anti-gun, and and Fox News is mad at him because he's anti-gun. He, oh, really? He thinks guns are a disease, and which yeah. I understand, you know. But that, that <laughs> sort of thing where I have to assume Pryor is an influence of yours. Uh, well, you know, it's funny you think that he no, would be. He's not. <clears throat> I thoroughly respect Richard Pryor. Oh, I thought you were going to... I, I was like, oh, we got a good podcast. If you no, like, I, I fucking th- hate Richard No, Pryor. I thoroughly respect Richard Pryor. Yeah. And people get really freaked out when I say this, but it didn't resonate with me. Hmm. And, you know, people always... Uh, I've been... Not, to, not that I say this, but I've had people come up to me and say, you remind me of Richard Pryor in your honesty on stage and your being in the moment. Mm-hmm. And saying whatever it is you need to say. And, of course, racial material as right. well. And we have the same initials, even. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but I, 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 he wasn't really the guy that I would go to. That's interesting. And I watched, you know, all the specials. And, I did, you know, it didn't really... I, I didn't... You know, I was like, oh, my God. I understood it. And I was like, okay, I understand. Right. I understand what but he's do you, doing. Would you, even but if Carlin you... was the one for me. Really? Carlin just made me go, oh, my God, I want to do that. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't mean to say such an obvious thing, but when I was hearing, when I look at race relations and what Pryor did for, like, white guy, black guy stuff. Right. And pointing out those really hilarious differences, and then I see you kind of doing that, but not even white guy, black guy, you'll go, like, Taiwanese and Thai, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, you'll break down these yeah. things that nobody even considered. And then you, and like you said, there's a void, there's just... Seemingly billions there are. Billions I'm splitting atoms. <laughs> You're splitting atoms. I'm splitting atoms. We're all us white guys are splitting atoms. And you're splitting atoms <laughs> and really filling it. But I mean, when you see so many people coming out, what is it that you think you're addressing? I I don't, I, I don't mean that like who do you think you are? I mean No like, no no, I agree. What, I, are, you, I, what I, are you giving them? I, I, I think I am really just speaking to people that aren't being spoken to. Okay, well let's get to the business of that then, because I've had friends 
you know, I started in Chicago and I had brown friends and a lot of them were really smart and mm-hmm. they would go out and they were trying to address that, that void. They saw the void too right. as artists and as business people. They saw an opportunity, but it didn't work out. They're not. Yeah, I, I never um, set out to do that. But take me from 33 and broke to here. Let's go from 19 and, and foolish getting into the business. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, I just turned 19. I, I, I had never... The only live stand-up I'd ever seen in my life was Eddie Murphy Raw Tour. Mm-hmm. Which you saw was, it live? I saw it live in 1986 in Toronto. Wow. And it was called Pieces of My Mind. That was what the Raw was called before it was Raw? Yeah. Wow. What was I still you? have the t-shirt in my closet No right shit. And to this day, I've never met Eddie Murphy. No way. I, I call myself friends of the famous people. I'm friends with Charlie Murphy. I'm friends with Tony Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's fucked up? I, I've, Neil Brennan told me that Eddie Murphy is like... I'm friends with Neil. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It'd be better, better than being friends with Kevin. Uh, <laughs> we're shitting on Kevin Brennan? <laughs> you shit on... Uh, no, no, no. Eddie Murphy is a huge stand-up fan, so he's seen all of your specials. You we know what I mean? He has. I'm sure of it. I would hope. I he, would. Uh, Neil told me uh, that he watches the presents. You know what I mean? He watches like the new the new guys. Like he just loves no, stand up and he loves film. So so he knows he knows who you are, which I'm sure would be an awesome conversation. Let me know if it happens. I would love so to start, have just a meal with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's, you could totally do it. Well, I'm, I've, I, you know, we have the same agency. We're the same agency. So I'm going to call my... I told my agent, I said, dude, I really want to meet Eddie Murphy. Yeah. For five seconds. I just got to... Just do it. He was such a huge influence on me, too, you know? Well, he was so... Talented. When I saw him, it was at Maple Leaf Gardens. It was 1986. It was an arena. And I was like, wow, this is... I had no idea of the scope. Yep. Uh, so I'd never seen club stand-up or anything. Just just this. Just theater stand-up. Arena, huge arena, famous stand-up. But you talk about pain, and we talk about your daughter, and we talk about the breeding ground for talent. Mm -hmm. Eddie Murphy with such a rough life, yeah, on both sides, mother and father, getting into like such a huge, huge, unbelievable talent. Well, you know, you watch Delirious now, and Mm -hmm. he was what twenty-one. I know. That fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and he's. Could you imagine? I can't like I think about how shit my stuff was at twenty one, twenty two. It's like I think about how shit my stuff is at forty four. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and I'm like, that man was. How did you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did I don't know how he did it, but it's and just, it was so perfect. Yeah, it's it still it still works today. It's my great Lauren Mike uh, a great Lauren Michaels quote is that he goes, show business isn't fair, talent isn't fair. And I think that's really funny. I think that's how they, a lot of producers and and network executives, movie executives see it. They look at somebody, they look at a lot of people and they see what we see when we see Eddie Murphy. Like, fuck you, man. That's just unfair. Your cup runneth over. You know what I mean? So you see him and you get a real big 19-year-old boner. uh, Yeah, I know. I was 15 going (laughs) on 16. Oh, oh, you got in the business. And then I got in the business two, three, uh, three, four years later. But it planted the seed. It planted the seed, I guess. And then... You know, everybody would tell me you should do stand-up, you should do stand-up. And where were you funny? My answer I was would funny be... with my crew, with okay. my friends. You know, I wasn't the, you know, I always say the class clown is the, the loud asshole popular guy. Yeah. And the comedian's the guy fucking elbowing the guy beside him just making fun of the loud guy. Of course. And, you know, the, the class clown is trying to make everybody laugh, the comedian's just trying to make the guy beside him laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's perfect. So you were funny, though. And when you say with your crew, it's a, it's a group of guys. Yeah, it's my friends, you know, we would all go out and... They were all like a different races and stuff, and I would go to their house and we'd make fun of their parents and stuff, you know. <laughs> so it was a lot of snaps. <clears throat> it was, yeah. was it? Yeah, like one of my friends, uh, Mike, this Filipino guy, 
you'd call his house and his dad did the voicemail. <laughs> and his dad clears his throat on the voicemail. It was like, you'd call up and be like, hello, <clears throat> this are the gay sons. <laughs> and I would leave my message and go, hey, Mike, <clears throat> can you uh, call me back? <laughs> I feel like when you get to a certain age, you just can't be bothered to notice things. You know what I mean? Like, I bet when he heard that message, even if he got what you were doing, he was just like, just so non Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. But when you're young, you have so many brain cells, you're just like, didn't you notice that he clears his throat? It's hilarious, <laughs> and he just doesn't give a shit. It's like my dad calling, you know, I have a bit about this, but my mom calls Celine Dion, Salon Dijon, just because she doesn't care anymore. <laughs> like, we've just let go of the rope. <laughs> and it's her favorite person. So, okay, so you're funny with your guys, and they're, tell- and they're encouraging you to do stand-up? They're encouraging me, you should go try it, you should go do it. My cousin Andrew was like, yeah, you should do this. Really? But I'd never seen live stand-up other than Eddie Murphy. So my brother said, you want to go try it? You want to go watch it? Yeah. See see what it's all about? So he took me to go see theater sports first. Really? Yeah. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> nah, this isn't it. <laughs> then he took me to Yuck Yucks to watch an amateur night. Yeah. And I was like, okay, hold on. This seems more, this is more my lane. Did anyone st- stand out to you? Do you remember any of the... There, I remember all the people on my amateur nights back in the day. Really? I can remember every single one of them. I can remember all of their acts. No. None of them were good. <laughs> what do you do it back now? You're like, wow, that was... Terrible. Yeah, of course it was but, terrible. But at the time, I remember watching these amateurs and going, "All I got to do is be better than that guy." Yeah, that's it. And then when I watched like a professional night, I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm gonna stay in my lane." Yeah, I always knew stay in my lane. Yeah, I never once you know, said, "Oh, I'm gonna oh, fuck him. I'm better than him." I never once thought like that ever. But I used to box, so to me, everything is boxing. You don't look at a pro fighter and go, "I could beat him." Look at the amateur guy who you're more likely to fight. Right. And and that guy with the hunger in his eyes. That's the guy you gotta fear more than the other guy. Right, right, right. So you, you stayed in your lane, you stuck stayed to the in my lane, and I just I figured, you know, Do you be, remember your opening jokes? Oh yeah, they were terrible. <laughs> just horrible. <laughs> really, really fucking bad. I, I, I found notes and I'm just like, ah, this yeah, was a bit? Yeah. When did I think this was a bit? This isn't even a premise. Right. I had a lot of false premises when I started too. Remember how in old navy they had the headsets? Mm-hmm. I said that's because, like, when a tall guy like me came in, they would be like, oh, God, he's here. Like, because they had no clothes that fit me. That's not <laughs> even true. What the fuck am I talking well, you, ha- you have no conflict. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just have going to Old Navy and nothing fits. How old are you? I'm, tw- I'm 35. I almost said I'm 22. <laughs> that's when I was, well, no, I started when I was about that age, 21. But anyway, I, uh, I'm 35. 35. But th- back then you have to manufacture. <clears throat> that's why you see a lot you of You have the- to manufacture experience. Horse shit. Yeah. That's why you see a lot of lying yeah. in early stand-up. Yeah. And well, then, then you watch a kid like Gerard Carmichael, yeah. who's prolific and brilliant and confident. And, yeah. It's and annoying, he, isn't it? He's just, <laughs> he really he is a phenomenon, you know? You, I watch, I've been watching Gerard now for the past six, seven years. Yeah. And, and he's opened for me a few times, and I just get blown away by this kid. I'm like, yeah. he's ridiculously because he's, good. It's not just how good he is, it's how bad he should be. Yes. Right? There's that. And <laughs> this is unfair. There's that. And there's, you know, he's just so poised and yeah. unaffected whether he kills or bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so confident with what he's saying. You're just like, how, how do you get that? He's a little bit like an angel, too. Yeah, he like, is. And he's a sweetheart around. of a man. You he's know? so sweet. Yeah. He, he's like, this stand-up thing amuses me. Like, he yeah. just kind of looks like yeah. he's not... 
And I got to go back to the gas station. <laughs> but this stand-up thing, you know, it's like, it's almost like, what? It's like a cyborg. He's a little bit like Data. He's yeah. a very warm Data. But, yeah. like, he seems angels better. Yeah. But, like, out of this world. I agree with you. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's one of those guys you watch and you go, yeah. Yeah, that kid's got it right yeah, there. Yeah, that's funny. So you said you were you were pure garbage and pure garbage. I was asking if you remembered any jokes. Oh yeah, they, if, <clears throat> go ahead. They were just terrible. It was like go. I I called my uncle in India. I was talking about how American culture is getting so. It's this 1990. Yeah. All right. 89, 90. So understand, there's no internet. Yeah. There's no way for things to really get around the world at this time. Right, right, right. Uh, my uncle called me and said, Russell, have you heard of these teenage mutant Hindu turtles? <laughs> like, those, those were the jokes, really? That... <laughs> Galabunga, dude. Like, that's. <laughs> and I was like, that's this a... is terrible. It's not bad. At least, at least, the thing that really cracked my head open was I read some book. I, I forget which one it was I read so many stand up books which I'm actually superstitious about now I, I'm like don't read those don't read those they'll put you two in your head right. but when I started I remember reading something that said ask yourself when would you laugh during your act and I was like oh that is convicting yeah. I was like because at least with Teenage Mutant Hindu Turtles I know there yeah. <laughs> and then again at Calabunga. alright so here we are 19 open mics and then, uh, you know, I, I just, I just, I, I was, there was no, my dad sat me down and said, son, this isn't the business for you. Why? This is not a business that our people go into. Like we don't, we're not, we're not in the entertainment business. There's no Indians in the entertainment business, son. This is for the Jews. This is for the whites. This is for the blacks. Yeah. This is not for us. There's a reason we're not in this industry. And what was that reason? Uh, I don't know, but my dad's real hidden message was, and when he moved to Canada, he got disappointed. Um, because my dad's name's Eric Peters. He was an English major. His command of the English language was incredible. And when he would write, you would be like, oh my God, did Shakespeare write this? <laughs> like it was just a fucking, a brilliant writer. Yeah. And he wanted to be uh, a journalist. So he had submitted a bunch of his samples to this newspaper in Toronto. And they obviously loved it. They saw his name. He walked in and they said the position was filled. Because my dad was a short, dark, brown man. What? Yeah. This was in the 60s, right? Jeez Louise. So, and it, it really broke his heart. And he didn't want me to get hurt, so he was just trying to talk me out of it. So that uh, I wouldn't get disappointed. He didn't want you to walk in and have the position be filled. Right. And then, And then, for all the reasons he told me I, we couldn't, I couldn't do it, were all the reasons I said we can do it. Right. I said, then there's more, you're, all you're doing is telling me why I should be doing this. Right. Because because we're not represented, because we're not in this. You knew that. I knew that. I, really? I, I was, a, you know, I was kind of a. I was, ironically, uh, Indian, but I was a, ironically a pro-black guy. <laughs> like I, I was very militantly black thinking. Like I was. Oh, I was. He, I was Malcolm over Martin. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. You wanted to force your agenda. Yeah, force. and I and I, you know, I, I listened to all the hip hop, and I was very right. rebellious, and I don't like authority and stuff like that, and and I had a. Big picture of Malcolm X on my bedroom wall. It said, uh, no compromise, no sellout. Or no sellout, no compromise. Really? Yeah. And I was like, and I was just, and I would always look at that and I'd be like, that's me. I'm not, I'm not selling out. I'm not compromising for anybody. I'm fucking going forward. And this is, uh, this is a silly thing to say, but that's pre the movie. So you're just reading yeah, Malcolm this X just, books. I would listen to Malcolm X vinyl. Like there was records, audio, audio of his speeches. And no, stuff. really? Yeah. And I would listen to those and I would read, I read the Alex Haley book. And Why? Because you really. Because I related to that, because from the time I was about four years old, everybody I hung around with was black. Hmm. 
And even though they weren't American, they were still black. So uh, when I hung around the black guys, I never had problems. Nobody picked on me. Nobody bullied me. Mm. But when I hung around the white kids, I would get name-called or, right. or spit on or punched or kicked or what have you. Right. Never happened around the black guys. Right. So I was like, all right, uh, this is my lane. I'm staying here with these guys. There we are in the lane again. Yep. Stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> so your you dad... switch lanes later. Did your dad relent? Has your dad passed? Oh, he passed away 10 years ago. But he... Uh, I think he, you know, he, he he got it towards the end. He that's he, my question is yeah. always. I'm like, right, right before he passed away, he he understood. Yeah, I'm just checking the time on yeah. that, <laughs> making sure you, it's going. You want a time limit? No, no, no. There's no time limit. I would just be. There's two things recording, Russell. Yeah, you're you're very, saying good stuff. You're you're very, <laughs> very efficient. I was early. You were early. <laughs> so and, and apologized for not being early. Uh, I said, I'm sorry. I'm going to be here early, and I watched you. No, you said I'm going to be here ten minutes late. I did? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's okay. No problem. <laughs> I think I said, or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. My ex-wife just texted me. What'd she say? Read it. Verbatim. No, no, she, uh, <laughs> she tried to FaceTime me. I always feel like that's a mistake. Nobody intends to try to FaceTime anybody. Well, my ex-wife tries to FaceTime me for my daughter, so she can uh, say, I want to see daddy. We'll get, to, we'll get to love. Love is the other thing I like talking about. Let's finish comedy. Um, you want to, You can reply. Keep going. Man. Please reply, please. I did. I just said doing the podcast. Oh, thank you. Um, so when did you have a, did you have to have a backup plan? Did you have to present a backup plan? No, I did not. I had no backup plan. And I always think You that. always hear that. But uh, you're, you're very Indian dad, meaning very, uh, like, this is what we do. You got to Well, do no, it, this is what, this is, it wasn't so much this is what we do, this is just what we don't do. Oh, it wasn't become a doctor. No, not at all. Not on any day, not on any level. Really? And I talk about it in my act right now, that there's no professionals in my family. Really? My dad was a federal meat inspector. My mom worked in Kmart. <laughs> so we were just very blue collar. Yeah. And there was no expectations of anything better than that. Hmm. It was always like, yeah, well, you're going to get a job and get some benefits and hopefully one day they'll give you a retirement package or something. Yeah. Yikes. But then you broke out of that. Yeah. Well, I, I worked in the real workforce. And I hated it. I hated where was that? Just every fucking job you can imagine, <laughs> whatever it was. Like uh, working in a printing press, doing the overnight shift. Really? Um, was this to support your comedy habit? You were doing? No, this was just because I needed Free. a job. Okay. I had, otherwise, I was going to get kicked out of my house. Really? Oh, for the family? Yeah, this my dad was like, if you don't work, you're going to get kicked out. And I'm like, well, how's that going to help me? <laughs> how, how does that? How does that solve any problems, Dad? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That creates more problems, Father. <laughs> then you have a, de- a son on the on the street or whatever. Yeah. So then, so you don't have a backup plan. You you had uh, some some shitty jobs or whatever, and then you start. I I love talking about the little breaks, the little moments, because I like remembering them. Right. I have to imagine you do too. Yeah, my breaks um, came. It, it, they came. You know, in 1994, uh, this reporter from the Toronto Star came down to the comedy club to see uh, the headliner. It was a friend of mine, Kenny Robinson. And I was on the show, and he... You've been doing it five years. I've been doing it five years, and he wrote about me that night instead. Really? He said, oh, by the way, as the uh, title of the article was, oh, by the way, there's this Indian comic. (laughs) And and it was a really great article. The guy's name was Henry Mankiewicz. I remember his name. I remember the article. I remember my picture. Yeah. You know. It's uh, in your closet. And this is 20 years ago, you know. Yeah, of course. And then uh, because of that article, uh, some guy, Nicholas Campbell, who I think played JFK in a movie. Is that right? Yeah. Betterment. The betterment. <laughs> <laughs> For the betterment of the movie. 
Nicholas Campbell was directing a film in Toronto called Booze Can, and he read the article and then wanted me in the movie. Just from the article? Just from the article. I feel like it's a different time. Yeah. Now everybody would want an hour of YouTube clips or, yeah. or something. Yeah, or how many followers do you have? Exactly. Yeah, can you is, help, I find ridiculous. Can you help promote the film? Yeah. 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 What is your tweet worth to? Yeah. I'm sure that's a factor for a lot of things. You know, it's funny is if you look at my Twitter followers and my Instagram followers, it doesn't add up. What do you mean? I'm still under a million in both. Really? Yeah, which is, you know, people are like, well, you know. So-and-so has this many million, and you yeah. don't have a million. I'm like, well, what do I give a shit? <laughs> I have $21 million every year that I make. I don't give a fuck about this, this, these imaginary people you're worried about, asshole. <laughs> but why don't you have more Twitter followers? I don't know. Well, first of all, I, I know that my tweets are shit. Yeah. I'm not a prolific tweeter. Yeah. I don't like Twitter. That's probably the problem. It's, you know, I, I, I don't want to share my ideas out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then that's, that's the problem. So you get the article, then you get the movie part? Get the article, get the movie part, and then... What uh, was the part in the movie? Uh, just some guy named Snake. You were Snake? No, no, no. I was Snake's friend. Snake's friend. <laughs> I was Snake's friend. <laughs> I was Snake's friend. I played a crackhead. I was doing crack in this one scene, freebasing, then I spilt it and burnt my balls and blah, blah, blah. Do you remember what that paid? Uh, I don't think it paid me anything because the movie went bust. I think maybe got a couple hundred bucks. Maybe. Oh, really? But then it was also the Toronto Comedy Festival that year, and that was my first comedy festival. And you got in the festival. Got in that Toronto Comedy Festival, which was great. And it was my birthday. I remember that exactly. I really? Just turning 24, you know? Yeah. And that went well, obviously. That went well. And then 1995, I, they did this series called Comics in Canada. It was like 30-minute stand-up specials on the CBC. Really, it was... Uh, uh, it was 15 minutes of stand-up and seven minutes of sketches. Okay. So you would do your stand-up, it would cut to a sketch. That you're in. Yeah, they were bumpers to the commercials. Oh, okay. So I wrote, you wrote it all. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to do that. I did one of those, and that's really what blew me up. Uh, well, at the time. Yeah. You know, so to speak. We started... I, I, it's fun hearing all this because I know <laughs> we're careening towards you being broke. <laughs> right. It, it is funny. Um that's when uh, the CBC got inundated with like fan mail for me all of a sudden. Really? Yeah, and it was pretty wild. Actual mail too. Actual physical mail, and then the odd email because that was brand new at that time. <laughs> at Hotmail. Yeah. Hotmail Not even it must have been one, Netscape. <laughs> <laughs> so you okay? So that's going well. You're getting fan mail. You have the special. You're writing sketches. Yeah. That's now right. you're touring. Are you in, in the uh, States yet? I don't mean uh, to be no, so not state, at all yet. state-centric. But. No, no. Then I go to England in 95. Okay. And I start to get a shit ton of work in England. And you're headlining now? No. In England, they have it just like 2020. Everybody has 20. Okay. You go to a comedy club, it's 2020. With an intermission, because apparently the British can't hold their pee. <laughs> Bold words for a man who took a shit break three minutes in. (laughs) Yeah, possibly might have to do it again. (laughs) Thanks, organic coffee. I kind of feel like I have to pee too, but keep going. Uh, So I start going to England, and then uh, that that comics episode got nominated for a Gemini Award, which is a Canadian Emmy. Yeah. And I'm all excited now. I'm like, this is amazing. You're going to win an Emmy. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't happen, but whatever. A Gemini. And uh, then 96, I, I come to... New Jersey, and I stay with Patrice O'Neill and Keith Robinson. No way. And I sleep on their couch in Woodbridge, New Jersey, and, and they take me into the city and they get me spots at the Boston. I used to work at the Boston. Uh, at uh, Stand Up New York, yeah. New York Comedy Club. Yeah. And then I start getting on a lot of the black shows. Yeah. And I'm not. Friday night at the Boston? 
No, I would do like all the ones. Talent night? Like, oh, talent when he hosted them? Yeah. <laughs> I've done that. Yes, yeah. yes I have. Um, Capone's room in the Bronx. Oh, wow. Nagasaki's in Long Island. You know? Oh, wow. Like all these really rough black rooms. And I would never, ever do well in them. Really? But I would kill at black rooms in Canada and kill at black rooms in England because it's more West Indian and immigrant-based yeah. audience. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know... And I knew that mentality way better. So right. if there was West Indians in the crowd, I would do well, like Jamaicans or Trinidadians or what have you. Right. But if it was just a black American, they would just stare at me like, who do you think you are? And I'm like, no, I understand you. Please understand this. I fucking know you better than I know me. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Right. But no good. But they don't know. They just look at you and go, eh, fuck this. Fuck this motherfucker. <laughs> and even Keith Robinson and Keith uh, and, and Patrice <laughs> would be like, I was like, yo, I got to go to the Bronx. I got a spot at 1.15 in the morning in, at the Bronx BBQ. Yeah. And Keith Robinson, you'll get kicked in your fucking throat. I wouldn't even do those horse shit shows, jackass. <laughs> dummy. <laughs> dummy. Who the fuck told you to go do that one, dummy? <laughs> All those guys, yeah. to me, sound the same. Mm-hmm. All the cellar boys oh, sound everybody, the same to me. That's how you know someone plays a cellar. Yeah. You'll say something, they'll go, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then they'll call you dummy. Ugh, dummy. Dummy. What the fuck is uh, happening? Yeah, They're oh, merging yeah. into one being. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're terrible. Like Voltron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, horrible. You out? My cousin's leaving. He's going to the airport. See you, man. Bye, Dad. Yeah. Oh. Your, your stick's over there, yeah? Is it? Thanks, man. Love you. Thanks, Bye, cunt. Thanks for everything. I'll see you in your country. Oh, shit. Nice to meet you, man. Have a good flight. Thanks for everything, yeah? All right, you cunt. Cheers, buddy. Piss off, twat face. <laughs> He has a very... you got to speak English to him, otherwise he doesn't understand you. <laughs> so, let's get to brokenness, because I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to get to love and... and well, I'm going to... I'll speed through this. No, no, okay. I don't want to bore you. I, I'd like to ask you questions you 96, haven't answered. 96, New York, and I took my comic special with me on, on VHS. Yep. And I was so proud of it because it was such a hit in Canada, and, and, uh, and, I, go, and I showed it to Keith and Patrice, all proud. I'm like, yo, check this out. And they sat there and they watched it and they looked at me and they went, the fuck is that? And I go, it's my special. Shit. What? And I go, what What are you talking about? They're like, do you need to do material that nobody else can do? You need to do things that make sense that, and I'm not saying, the, like, they just, they made me understand that the way you approach comedy is, it has to come from you. Right. It can't just be from the ether of like, oh, this will be funny. Oh, right. that'll be funny. Right. Because then anybody can steal your shit. And yes. And if you, know, if you make it yours, they can't steal your essence. Right. And, and that they really drilled that into my head and made me feel bad about my set. They, but but they, it, it worked. Yeah. Because it made me change the way I was thinking. You need a couple friends like that. You do. Absolutely. And you know Patrice right away will be the first one to tell you. Anything, right? I'll give an example. When I saw Patrice, when I first started, you know, making money and doing well, the first thing he said to me was, "Wait, Russell, no disrespect, but I mean, you're funny, but you're not that funny that you deserve all that." (laughs) And I go, "I agree with you, Patrice." Yeah. And he would get mad because I would laugh when he would make fun of me, right? Because Patrice always wanted you to get upset. (laughs) 
<laughs> he got off on seeing people get angry because he was such a big man. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would laugh. I would. I honestly took it as an honor to be made fun of. Right, him. and you kind of agreed. I did. That yeah, whole idea. I never. I never once was like, "What are you talking about? I'm brilliant." I was that, that, right. To this day, I don't think I'm. You brilliant. don't believe your own hype. Yeah, I think the minute you start believing your own hype, pack it in, go home because it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So Patrice shoots you straight. Keith shoots you straight. You're going to start trying to speak from the heart, which yeah. is hard. It's hard. Then 97, I get another special in Canada. Is that, is that the one where you spoke from the heart? No, I still wasn't <laughs> ready yet. It was 97. They wanted me to do an hour. And I wasn't that prolific where I could write a whole new set in that time. Right. How long did you have? Uh, I don't know, but it was shit. The special yeah. was garbage. But really? They, 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 they paid me $10,000. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's and then somebody deal. gave me a $6,000 holding deal. <laughs> really? I was like, yo, I got sixteen grand right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what I did? I went and bought a fucking Lexus. <laughs> you did not. Yeah. I bought a, a used ES300. It was black with the gold package. Oh, my God. Tan leather interior. You didn't have any Jewish friends? No, none. <laughs> and then I remember hanging out with Chappelle while he was shooting Half-Baked. And I'm like an asshole. I was like, damn, Dave, I got this car payment coming up. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Like oh kind of hinting God. if you could lend me money. Yeah. And Dave just goes, who the fuck told you to buy a Lexus? Yeah, right. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, Dave. So this, now I'm starting to put together where the brokenness comes from. We're buying right. a Lexus. We're buying a Lexus, but I'm still living at home. Is that right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still living with my parents. Um... <laughs> But I'm touring now. I'm like going to England all every other couple of weeks. And, yep. And from England, you'd go to Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Um, did you Belgium. do like Edinburgh? No, I other? did Edinburgh in 2000. Uh huh. Um, and Edinburgh, I think, is the worst thing out there. Really, really, it's just fucking terrible. <laughs> it is horrible. It's not set up for the artists. It's set up for everybody else to make money. Is that right? Yeah. And I mean, if you're going to make money, it's going to be the people that are really well known that are going to make money, which isn't fair to the other artists. Right. That are that should be there. Right. The big name people should not be there. It should, it be. should be for the people who are. It should on be the grassroots. Corner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who cares? You're the big swinging dick in town. Who cares? Let these young guys, <laughs> let all these other people go make their. Go, go sell some shows out. Let, right. Let's discover some new people here. But it's weird because now you're in this place that I don't understand uh, as well, which is like you're, in, you're playing the European circuit, mm-hmm. doing an act that, as you said, appeals to. Trinidadians, uh, what was the everybody term really? Everybody, what feels to them? Immigrants, yeah. And, but then, no, but that's only when I would do black shows. I would do. That. Oh, I understand. When but I do the black shows, but when I do the regular shows, <laughs> I can't believe that. You know, the white shows, the regular shows. Yeah, um, sure. But you know, when I would just do a regular comedy, I would do my regular set. Right. Okay. So, but now you're a Canadian working in Europe, and I, again, I don't mean to be so state centric, but how how are you going to make that? Transition. Well, I always wanted to come to the States. I always wanted to play the States. But, you know, uh, and I see it still. I mean, not for me, but I see it with other people. Like, man, I'm really, like, I see guys that are really funny. And I'm like, why don't you go, where are you playing? Do you ever play the improv? No, I'm not in with them. I'm like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> like, I don't understand. And then I, you know, I take people on the road with me. Come in. Come in. What's up, fool? Get in there, fool. I'm doing a podcast. It's my barber. Is he going to cut your hair while we're talking? No, he's going <laughs> to. How's it going, man? I'm Pete. Jesse. Jesse, nice to meet you. What's up, fool? Mexicans in the house. I got to shake you. Gotta what are you wearing? Does your, does your girl know you stole her uh, fucking blouse? Yep. 
snaps. <laughs> He's just gonna wait in there. I was gonna set up and. Stuff. Well, now I feel like we got to get to the real. Now, no, now I am gonna rush you through this. We're good. This is just the comedy part. We got to talk about sex and God. Okay, good. Um, so tell me how you got broke. Okay, so you know, my cut to you know just doing circuits and I start playing South Africa. And uh, you're making a good living then. Yeah, I'm, I'm making a living. 2000 is when I bought my first house. My brother and I uh, figured I'm 30. He's 36. Maybe we should get out of mom and dad's house. Oh my god. And my parents start acting funny with me about having chicks over. And I'm like, this is weird. Because you never had a problem with chicks sleeping over from the time I was 18. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, we don't like this. I'm like, uh, now's when I need it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I need this, yeah. Mom. So uh, they were like, get out. And I was like, all right. I was only staying here to help you pay your mortgage. but then, Is uh, that right? Yeah. And then my brother and I were like, let's, let's buy a house. You bought a house together. I bought a townhouse together. So that that is something that I've noticed is big in the black community is having the family member manager. And I, I know that's a stereotype. It's certainly right. not always true. But you did that. You, your manager is your brother. Yeah, but he didn't come on board till 2005. Okay, so just at that point you were just tight. I was just, yeah, we we're just brothers. Do you have any siblings? I do have a brother, but I, I would not buy a house with my brother. How old is he? Oh, he's, is he older than He's younger? 38. Yeah, he's older than you. He's older than I but he's only three years older than you, so you guys were close enough to growing up together. We're in that weird time of year. It's a brief window where he's three. He's really like two years older. Yeah. My brother's six years older than me. So when he was 18, I was 12. So we never really had this relationship growing up. He was always, you know, much older than I was. Yeah. You know, he's 12, I'm six. You know what I mean? There's a big... Right, sure. These are big gaps. So you're saying you wanted to have that later in life. Yeah, and we did. And that yeah. worked out really well because, you know, now we're tight as, you know, we're, we're, we're brothers. So he's good with money. He he's great. He's smart. He's... He's a, he's a forward thinker. He thinks strategically. He's doing things that I don't do. And was he working in finance and that sort no, of stuff? No, he was working in the oil and gas industry doing uh, international contracts. So he knew his way around some stuff. Okay. Again, both of us not uh, highly educated people. Not We're more street smart than anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Uh, neither one of us went to college. You know, so it's one of those situations. Interesting. Yeah. And, um, do you ever just want to build a college and go to it? Yeah, call it. Yeah. yeah. I went to college. Just give yourself an honor. I want to open degree. up a diner called College. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets in. Yeah. Everybody gets in. It's weird to think, though, you could build a college. It could be small. I get started, it accredited. I started a scholarship. A Is that right? At my old high school, yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. What's it based on? Uh, What's the. Well, the high school I went to was for. Uh, uh, Slower kids. Is that right? Yeah. It was uh, for behavioral, slower disabilities. ADD, that's what ADD. Well, in the 80s, there was no diagnosis for ADD. No so 80s, ADD. You were just an idiot. 80s, you know what I mean? ADD. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You would have to, that's right. They would just yeah. write you off. Yeah. Oh, he's a good, the guy's an idiot. So now you have a scholar. That's very sweet. Yeah. So I started it for kids that, and it, for a lot of people, 99% of the people in that school don't come from families that have money. Okay. So, so it just makes sense. It's, yeah. So it's like for the one kid who really wants to go on. Outside and, and continue their education and doesn't have the money. So. Right. So $20,000. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's great. Um, but anyway. Um, That's like your daughter's bed and the love seat. It's like two room. beds. <laughs> it's like two beds? Two beds plus tax. You just improved my riff. <laughs> <laughs> you saw my tax. riff. You're like, I see what you're trying to do. Two beds plus tax is what you said. <laughs> two daughter's beds. <laughs> um, okay. So. Uh, so 2000, I move out. Uh, move out. Buy a house with your brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I, now I am forced to hustle. Mm-hmm. 
The, the, this is in Toronto. Yeah, the, the fire's been lit under my ass, and I'm taking gigs anywhere, anytime, any place, any dollar amount doesn't matter. I'm doing it. You got to pay that mortgage. Got to pay that mortgage. I got to pay my half. You got? Oh, you're paying half. I was going to pay half each. Okay. I think it was like seven hundred and fifty bucks each. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, 2001 comes around. I, I start going to South Africa. In 2002, I'm a hit in South Africa. Hmm. I'm playing these theater runs now for like three, four weeks on end. But I'm getting fucked by the promoter. Like, he's making millions. Really? And I'm making maybe tens of thousands. Maybe. That's until, you know, he, he rips me off here, rips me off there, takes this charge out, takes that charge out. It's like a really shitty record deal. What? Yeah. You signed to Motown? Basically. <laughs> yeah. And Barry Gordy's flogging me. <laughs> oh, my God. So this and this guy Where's starts guy not. Pay, oh, he's a scumbag, notorious scumbag. Really? In Africa, yeah. Sam, uh, what the fuck? Sam Hendricks is. His you name. could build a, a police piece station of shit. and have uh, them. Go if out. I ever see you, Sam, I'll probably slap the shit out of you myself. <laughs> I don't give a shit if I have money or not. Now it's out of principle. Um, <laughs> that is some good stuff. That's yeah. good podcasting. Yeah. All right, then we're leading up to the brokenness. Uh, so then you cut to two thousand and three. Where are the vices? We've, we've I, fucking I, I, a lot of I, people. I, 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 drinking I, a lot? No, I ne- here's the funny thing. I never started drinking until I was 31. Is that right? Never drank a drop till I was 31. And then you were broke two years later. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> coincidence? I think not. Not a coincidence? No. No, I, 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 the first time I ever got drunk was in South Africa in 2001. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I still never drank that much. It wasn't till further now, maybe. But even now, I've cut it back, so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I never did drugs. It wasn't my thing. I, I tried. Know. I tried weed. It didn't do anything for me. I didn't like it. Mm. I didn't like the way I felt. Yeah, I'm, I didn't I'm like, that way about. Weed. I didn't like. I don't like feeling slow. I don't like feeling zoned out. I take a lot of pleasure out of uh, functioning. Yeah, you know what I, I, mean? I do. Like, I, I like being fun. present. I do too. Yeah, and yeah. I think I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to that. Yeah, mushrooms. No. You gotta I'm scared of it. Do him on that view. You will fucking touch God's dick. Really? Yeah, I'm we, scared I might kill myself or something. No, you won't. No? You won't even know where you are and where the sunset is. Yeah. You'll just merge into one thing. You don't feel sick physically or... No, it passes very quickly. How long does it last? About five hours. That's a long fucking time. I did a brownie once. come up and the come down. I did a weed brownie once and and nobody told me that you're supposed to just take a bite. It was one of those two-bite brownies. Yeah. And I didn't know. I just I figured I'm, I'm, I'm like yeah, this is sure. a two bite brownie, probably yeah. the whole thing, right? Yeah, I've had worse experiences with edible weed than I've had. had and with I, mushrooms. I swear, I'll never do it again. I would, you know, I like alcohol. I like the, uh, I like the high I get off of it. Yeah. you can control it. Yeah, I you like, can control it. You can control Try, where you're at with but it. But here's the crazy thing: you can take a tiny amount of mushrooms. That that's what I would say. It's almost like your friends being like, "Let's go to amateur night." Just go to amateur night. I'm not saying yeah. like dose yourself and go yeah. nuts. I'm saying somebody like you, with this view, this yeah. house screams, "Please do mushrooms here!" And those fucking love seats, swinging yeah. chairs. Yeah. Would you? You'll would text I see, me. Would I see whales jumping out of the ocean or something. It's not like that. No. It's not like a. a it doesn't make you have visual hallucinations necessarily. Mm-hmm. That could happen, but you'd be very aware that they were hallucinations. It's more likely that you'll see this, and it would look like a girl's hula skirt if you like that mm-hmm. palm tree sort of mm-hmm. thing, and it would be moving in a pleasant way that reminds you of a girl's hula skirt. You wouldn't go. That, there's a giant hula girl. Okay. It's very, it's very pleasant. I will give it a shot. If you do, I'm going to get a text from you that says, "Thank you, my brother. We are all one. I'll see." <laughs> you in the infinite smear of possibilities <laughs> that's what i'll get and then you'll say thank you so much so anyway 
my my drug plug over. Uh, you this were show is sponsored by <clears throat> mushrooms. I wish it were. It's probably like uh, uh, I'm trying to think of one of our sponsors. I probably shouldn't say them. Anyway, <laughs> not after that. Not after that. <laughs> So, sponsored by yeah. Visions Rehab Center. <laughs> Although people that alcoholics that take mushrooms have a very, uh, it used to help quite a bit. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. After I took mushrooms, the first time I didn't drink without any effort for like two months. I just, I didn't have any interest in it. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I could give or take it nowadays. Is that true? Mm. Mm. What's your drink? Tequila. Mm. An upper. You mm. do like feeling present. I do. And alert. What's a downer? Whiskey? Anything else. Yeah, vodka's horrible. Yeah, vodka puts me in a real dark place. I don't like how I... That's the only time I vomit is on vodka. Is that right? And the only time I get a hangover. Yep. It's bad news bears. Yeah. If I, if I were Russell Peters rich, I would, I would get into wine. That's a fun game I to can. play. I can. I got acid reflux. Oh, really? Acid reflux. Vine's the... Wine is the worst. Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. That kills. I had that real bad. Reflux? You might want to change your diet, though. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. You did? Yeah. It didn't work? No, you know, I, I know what triggers it now. Trigger, yeah, triggers for sure. I had reflux. I think all that shit, Nexium and all that stuff, that's that's some fucked up shit that you're doing. I do Prilosec every day. I, yeah, I'm not on board with that. No. I can't... You have money. I tried... Go see uh, a homeopath. Go, go see I, a natural doctor. I've seen some of my homies on, on the... <laughs> <laughs> but like... One of, my, one of my friends is standing on a path down there. Yeah. Wow. I'm no, sure... <laughs> I'm sure one of your neighbors... Is like a fucking... That neighbor's a judge. Killer doctor. And that guy, I don't know what he does. That's Billy Joe Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, and over there, that's Neil Armstrong. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised in the least. All right, so we're almost to the broke part. Okay, so yeah, so 2002, I, I'm playing uh, South Africa, and I have billboards, and I'm BMW over there is giving me cars to drive around while I'm there. Yeah. I'm having a... I'm, I'm fucking... I'm fucking... Chicks every day, new ones. So I had one 24-hour period where I banged three brand-new vaginas in a 24-hour period. Which was well, amazing. Well, they weren't brand new. Well, they, were me, they, were. they were near mint. They were near mint. They were new for me. <laughs> one was the hotel uh, guest services manager. It was a really Why? Time. Because you're famous? I don't know. I just don't, I guess my game was on, on point at that time. Yeah, I, I suppose so. And then... And then uh, you cut to 2003. I was... Uh, uh, I had no work really lined up. Pretty brand new. I was just, I was just, I was just, uh, I had somehow gotten into debt and I can't quite figure out how or why now that I think back on it. But, uh, I got that special, uh, another one of those comedy specials in Canada, the same one they did in 97. They did another run of them in 2003 and they asked me if I wanted to do one again. And I was like, hell yes. Yeah. And in 97, I got paid 10 grand. I figured I'm going to get another 10 grand. It's going to be great. Nope, seventy five hundred bucks now. What deflation? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know, but I was like so broke. I'm like, oh, fine, fine. Here's my forty five minutes of stand up. <laughs> Give me my seventy five hundred dollars. Did you know what they were paying in America? <laughs> I have no point? clue. They were paying hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. right now. It was insane. Um, it's, this is what year? This is the two thousand three. Two thousand three. That yes. And uh, uh, so I took my seventy five hundred dollars. I got the check. I signed it. Paid off a bunch of bills. I was mm. back at zero. Probably still in debt, maybe by around three, four grand. Wow. Um, I was supposed to go shoot a movie in New York in September. This was August 2003. So September to uh, mid to late October, I was supposed to be shooting a movie in New York, and they were going to pay me $15,000. Hmm. And at that time, it was a lot of money, and, I could, and so I took no work. Then the movie got... They pulled the plug on the movie the day before I was about to leave Toronto for New York. There should be a law against Right. Uh, and I had no money... 
no work. I was crazy stressed out. I was just broke with no work. Yeah. Which is even worse. Yeah. At least if you're working, you know, there's money coming. I was just zero. And I was actually very depressed because I was like, the fuck am I going to do? My brother had to cover the mortgage for the rest of the year. Hmm. And, uh, good thing you went in with one other person. Yeah. Right. Thank God. Right. Yeah. Or who? Um, (laughs) thank who? Thank somebody. Thank somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I always get upset when my Indian friends aren't religious. I'm like, you have such a rich heritage. I'm not religious at all. No, I know. I know you were raised Catholic. We'll get to that. We end on God. Do me a favor. Let me know when you want to be done in about 10 minutes because then we'll get to God. I don't want to skip that section. Yeah. Okay. And if that's now, that's okay. But, uh, we can put a pin in that story. We can wrap up that story. I, I, lo- I think people love hearing these sorts of origin tales. So I, I do want to finish it, but I don't want to miss out on the God part. That's my favorite part. Right. Are, um, you, are you a big God guy? I am. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's very fascinating. I I'm think, not at all. I think people... We'll uh, get to it, though. We can. Yeah, we can Absolutely. get to that. No, I'd love... But even atheism really excites me. If somebody has a thought out... Mm-hmm. I will take an atheist ten times over a thoughtless believer. Mm-hmm. That that's just yeah, me. You don't want you don't want blind. <laughs> I don't. And there there is a beautiful childish like uh, simple faith, I suppose. But that doesn't make my dick hard <laughs> at all. Yeah. It doesn't do it for yeah. me at all. Uh, so let's. Is that is that kind of? I guess now we're about to blow up really big, though. Yeah. So you're the, in debt. The special is taped in August two thousand three. Yeah. It airs February fourteenth two thousand four. Yeah. Um. Sorry, February fifteenth two thousand four. That's a good memory. Uh, I uh, you really um, don't like weed. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do have a very vivid memory, very very clear, very vivid dates, times. I was going to say, like, what do you think set you apart? Because here we are hitting the notes, but the people listening, the aspiring comedians listening, what is it that you're doing? I'm is, just is it charisma. Taking, is it confidence? Is it? I don't know what it is, but I, I think it's work ethic. It's you're showing up. I'm showing up. There's and uh, I'm not phoning it in ever. You're not, and and okay. I'm and I'm loving the process, and I'm not doing it with an end game in mind. That's right. You're not doing it to get rich or famous. Yeah, I'm just doing it because this is what I love doing. That's right. I will get on a stage. And Carlin told me in '92 uh, when You're I asked him for some advice. Yeah, uh, he said get on stage as much as you can, anytime, any place, anywhere. If you're at a bar and there's a band playing, they take a five minute break. Ask if you can go do five minutes. Oh my god! And I was like, you bet. When you're idol, your hero, your end all and be all tells you something like that. Yeah. You, if you don't listen to him, then you, then you're an idiot. Then you're an asshole. Do you it's find like that? boxing? If you don't listen to your corner, you can't wonder why you're losing. Yeah. Do you find that people don't listen to advice you give them? Uh, yeah. People, people want advice. I don't so much. They want advice. They want to hear what they want to hear, but they want you to say it. That's right. It's so funny because that's what I was leading to. Yeah, I get asked advice and then I'm like, oh, you just want me to say what you're already doing back to you yeah. or whatever it is. Or just, yeah. I, I always tell young guys, I'm like, don't get in this because you see what I've got. Get into this because there's nothing else you want to do. Right. Like I, I don't have to get on stage, but I, I'm going to go up tonight. I'm going to go up Thursday. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I, I don't need to do this, but I love to do this. I, right, right, right. Uh, as much as I don't need to, I need to. It's a compulsion you know I mean? in the good way. Yeah. I it's think like, it's a wonderful thing to be And it has to. nothing to do with ego. It has to do with I don't want to lose my place in line. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Well, now you're, you're going to struggle for relevance. That's the rich person's pursuit. Yeah, no, not even. I, I, the beautiful <laughs> thing is I'm so under the radar still. Uh, that's true. I, and I, I don't mean to. And I know you. Here, here's the funny thing is I've never been on Letterman and I've never been on Conan. 
And I got told by both of them because I don't fit their format. Is that right? Yeah, and I know Conan's your boy, but uh, I, that's that's the answer I got when we when approached if I could be on the show. Interesting. It was uh, no, nah, he doesn't really fit what we're trying to do on this show. And I'm like, what are you trying to do on your show that I don't fit? I don't yeah. know what that means. Wow, I'm surprised by that. I mean, maybe it wasn't him. Obviously, it wasn't it's, him. It's who not said Conan. It. I'll tell you, as somebody who had a talk show, it never got to him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it never it never touched him. When I was in the uh, depths of doing my show, I would be surprised who the guests were. I would be like, "Oh, really?" You know what I mean? Like in yeah. between commercials. Yeah. Oh, that's who's on. And then I'd bring them out and watch yeah. them for the first time. Yeah. Uh, so don't take it too personally. Obviously, you don't. No, I'm be okay. <laughs> he just pointed to the view. I pointed at the ocean and said, "I'll be all right." Yeah, you will. Be. <laughs> okay. What else about so you you had work ethic? This is more interesting to me than the than the facts. You stuck to it. I have to assume you took your hits. You took grew a ton from of hits. I got booed off a few times. Yeah, uh, I think getting booed off is the equivalent to a boxer getting knocked out, and it's how they uh, come back. Right? Yeah, not how they uh, lick their wounds. Right, and then you knew specifically what you, you were knew what to not avoid. to do. Yeah, exactly. You know, okay, so that happened. I did. I dropped but my see, right hand. I got hit with the left hook. Don't drop your right hand. But you're adapting. Yes. That's the difference. Some you people get adapt. knocked down and they're like... They and they get up and they're still break. like, no, this is the way it's going to work. I'm right. like, no, that's not the way it's going to work. Obviously, that's not the way it's going to work. Right. You need to be pragmatic. Yeah. And what did you see yourself... What I know you have, a not a problem, but a hard time accepting all of this. But what do you think catapulted you? What were those... Moves was it what you were doing on stage? Yeah, well, I was doing what I was doing, but then YouTube started in 2004, and that's really what just changed my life. So now the guy who's been growing in secret mm-hmm. for all these years mm-hmm. has a international. Stage. And I had nothing to do with it. I never put it on the internet. What I, do you I, mean? I, other people? Somebody else put my stuff on the internet, and I to this day I don't know who that person was. It was that fucking South African guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's still reaping benefits. He's got a YouTube channel. He's got huge subscribers. Someone else put your shit online. Yeah, I still to this day don't know how to upload anything. It's part of my act right now, in fact, as well. Is that right? I genuinely don't know how to upload anything. I could do Instagram and Twitter. You're ashamed to your people. I am. (laughs) Again, part of the act right now. Everyone in your audience knows how to do it. Yep. From the HTML. Like, they can do it without the button. Yeah. They can see it. Siri, upload. So you get on, yeah, and then you blow up, and now you're an international sensation. It's uh, yeah, it starts, you know, but you got to look at it from February of 2004. I played uh, DePaul University. Yeah. Um, in, in February. What's your college rate? Uh, uh, well, at the time, seven, I got 700 bucks. Really? When? What year was that? This is 2004. 2004. Okay, we're going in. Order. And uh, and um, 13 people showed up. Wow. And I was like, I felt bad. I felt like I was robbing them. Yeah, $700 was a lot of money for a gig for me back then. Sure. And then, uh, but I did the show and I did, I did it the you way I phone it in. Yeah. I, I fucking was present. I did the show like I wanted to do the show. Yeah. I'm like, you're here. The least I could do is perform for you. Yeah. It's funny how we remember those. Yeah. And then you cut to November of 2004. I'm back in Chicago playing for four nights, sold out, making about 30 grand. And I'm like. What the fuck? Like I still, I'm still unaware of YouTube. Right. I'm still unaware of file sharing. Oh my! It's, I'm still not like I'm still. I still don't know how this is happening or why this is happening. It's Steve Martin on SNL. Suddenly, if you read yeah. Born, Born Standing Up, I'm Absolutely. sure you did. It snuck up on him as well. Yeah, and but I'm like you. You had this fucking internet Santa Claus that was granting yeah. your wishes. But my, you gotta understand, my dad died one month after my special aired. 
Wow. So in my head, I'm like, well, is that bad? this is my father. <laughs> that was a good riff. And yeah, if you don't laugh good. at it, it's, 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 it's going to hurt my feelings. Very good. <laughs> it's going to make me think <laughs> I hurt your feelings. Yes. When I say I killed. Uh, uh, <laughs> I took a risk with that one, Russell. That's a touchy subject. I went for it with it. <laughs> you sure did. I didn't want you to go down alone. No, that is a comedian <laughs> life preserver, and I appreciate it. So a month after, so what were you getting at? Uh, well, in my head, I was like, wow, my dad's on the other side pulling strings. Is that right? That's how I looked at it. All right, so you don't completely close off to some sort of myth- mystical. No, thing I, I, well, yeah. So if, to get to religion and God, we and can stuff, get to that because you know, November two thousand four, I'm selling. I'm you know making all of a sudden I, I, by the end of the year, I'm almost making a million dollars. Yeah, I went from making maybe thirty grand a year to all of a sudden to thirty grand a show. Yeah, to like what what the hell's going on? And you, your brother manager didn't. My brother Google. My brother didn't come in until June oh, of two thousand five. So no man. Because I had an agent in Canada who was just like taking all these bookings, but not thinking strategically or right. or forward. You know, he was just kind of like, "Well, this is just happening right now. We should get it all, and then this is going to go away tomorrow." Right. And my brother was like, "No, no, let's let's try and sustain this, and let's try and make this make sense." Right. So my brother came in, and I, initially I'd asked my brother to be my assistant. How'd that work? Uh, he was like, no, I'm not going to be your fucking assistant. <laughs> <laughs> then he handed you a Fiji. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, That's let, me, let me open that for you. Click, click. He's just rubbing your shoulders. Yeah. That is degrading, yes. Russell. <laughs> How are your feet feeling? <laughs> uh, go on. So uh, I, uh, 2005, my brother comes in. And that's when I start putting it together. Starts what it happened? Together. He YouTube. Just, yeah, he starts you know backtracking and figuring it out. And so it comes back to the act though, because I mean, like your act yeah. went out and worked for you while you were sleeping. Yeah, but other people had their acts on inter- on the internet. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Now and other, but bra- back then, but other brand guy is that right? Back to 2004. That's when it just started. The YouTube. That's the true. YouTube. The YouTube just started, and I have to think that that was a pretty. This is outliers. You had done the exact amount of work. You're the right age. It was the right time. Your act, your act was the right age. Have you read Outliers? No. You should read it. It's Malcolm Gladwell. I've only read four books. But it's the idea that Bill Gates was like 16, the youngest you can be to understand a computer when mm-hmm. computers became available right. to people in school. So your act was the correct age when YouTube was as young as it could be. Yeah. And it was ready it to just go. just all aligned. It aligned. Yeah. And then, and then suddenly you're selling out theaters. Yeah. And I, I've, I've all of a sudden gone from clubs to theaters to all of a sudden, now, now here's the thing. I'd never worked clubs in the U.S. Other than you know, doing spots in New York and maybe doing Joey's Comedy Club in Livonia, Michigan one weekend as a middle. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then not being asked back. You know? That's like what you just said is why you go up to a guy drinking alone at a bar and you're like, what's wrong? And you go, I just worked at fucking Joey's as a middle. Yeah. In where? Livonia. Livonia, Michigan. Livonia, Michigan as a middle and I wasn't asked back. Yeah. Southern and, comfort. And then the, uh, and the headliner was a local magician. Yeah. Ugh. You always remember your, the bombs, you remember who the headliner was and yeah. if he did well and he sucked, it only made the story better. For oh, you. yeah, absolutely. Well, don't you love your war stories? We all I want to them. avoid pain, but when you have this view... I but, you know, there's a lot of guys now who, who are very fam- uh, popular and, and media darlings and what have you who've never done the hard road. Like, they don't get it. Right. And they'll never have to do it. And, and I almost feel bad for them. I, well, I was because gonna say, you need that. That's what makes you right. an actual comic. Right. Otherwise, you're just you got to go. You're almost a reality star at that point. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's great and challenging. <laughs> yeah, you have to go through the kitchen. Yeah, 
I'm glad I started in Chicago because there was so much road. It made it absolutely. Easy. It made it easy to and go, and you got all that whole Midwestern run, and it's it's a different world. You leave Chicago, different. suddenly you know even South Bend, Indiana. You know it's it's got absolutely. Notre Dame I just did crackers. Thing. Did you? I did Madison Square Garden last Thursday. How was but that? But the the preceding weekend, <laughs> crackers, crackers, staying loose, staying loose, just trying to keep it Indianapolis. You know, broad <laughs> ripple. I was in India in in Indianapolis last weekend. I did Bob and Tom. Oh yeah, that's right. You were there, and was Alonzo on with you? No, he wasn't. Alonzo was been a different day. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to do Bob and Tom, and I felt like an asshole. And go, God damn it, Bob and Tom are here. <laughs> that's great. Can we do love a little bit? Talk about love. Absolutely. You you've been married. I've been married. I don't know if you know. I'm divorced. We're both divorced. Are you divorced too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two divorced fellas. Um, that's all I know that you got married and that you, your Wikipedia page says you dated an adult film star, which I thought was interesting. I did date a porn star before. Was that fun? She was a a really, really nice girl. Did you have a lot of three ways? I have had quite a few. But with her, I mean. Oh, you you know, funny enough with her, with her, no, it was just her and I. I had And she was, let me tell you about her first of all. Yeah, please. Uh, she was a really, really nice girl, really beautiful, really sweet. And if you saw her and I walking down the street, you would have no clue she was a porn star. Right. Because um, she had to put on the, kind of like the makeup and the... Yeah, but even when she looked like... When she was doing porn, she didn't look like a porn star. She was oh, like really? a really beautiful girl doing like, girl-on-girl scenes. Why is, oh, was it just girl-on-girl? Yeah, and that's what was great about it all. And yeah. then she had re-signed her contract to do guys, and I was like, oof. Why? Uh, I don't know. She had signed it before we started dating, and then the, the actual shoot dates were coming up, and I'm like... Just get out of it. And she goes, no, I made a commitment. I have to follow I made that. a commitment? And I'm like, what is that? A commitment. And I, I know. And I said, well, <laughs> and she goes, it's just work. All right? It doesn't mean anything. And I go, no. When women come home from a hard day of work, usually their feet are sore. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to put no. an ice pack on your pussy. Oh, God. <laughs> Luckily, you do have a dick like yeah. an ice pack. Yeah. That's what they all say. That's what they you. tell me. Nice <laughs> 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 cube. <laughs> So that is first. That's very fascinating, but but we just broke up shortly thereafter, and because both pre cock, pre cock, yeah. Was that why? What was one of the reasons? And then I think we were just both in a weird space at that time. We were friends for a long time before we started dating. Yeah, how'd and, that happen? How do you uh, meet? In a, just, I know yeah, there are people, but I, I don't know any point. She was, you know, she's just, uh, and now she's married. She married the guy she dated after me. Really? That's usually what happens with girls. That the guy they're with after me. That's the one. That's like that's their rebound wave. I don't know if they're rebounding or if they just realize I was so shit that this guy's better. <laughs> this guy's great. Yeah. Oh fuck. It's not him. So <laughs> yes, let's marry this one. I'm always suspicious of that though. If somebody, especially if somebody was engaged and then it breaks off and then they just marry somebody else, I'm like, oh, you just want to be married. Yeah. Like you think that's the spell that's going to save you. Yeah. And I think that's horseshit. Yeah. I was. How long were you married for? Six years. Wow. You put in time, son. But I got married when I was 22. Oof. I was married for 14 months. 14 months. Yeah. With uh, so my child's my daughter's mother. Your daughter's mother. I knocked her up, and I figured I'd be a gentleman and get married. Is that why? Yeah, the hundred percent. Not hundred. Obviously, you loved. Her I, as I well. loved her at the time. But you're like, let's do this properly. And I was like, hey, come on, let's. You know what? I love you. You love me. Health We're, insurance. You're pregnant. Um, family. Let's, let's 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 make our daughter. You know, let's, have a family. Let's, let's not have a bastard. <laughs> oh God, is it is a woman a bastard? I don't know. 
We'll have to ask Best da- Daniel Plainview. Uh, so, okay, so you got married and it didn't work. Why didn't it work? That's interesting. Um, Can I tell you why mine didn't work? Yeah. I, it was too sweet. It was like a pretend marriage. It was like we were playing house. Yes. We were very young and sweet and stupid. Yeah, that, that, that's one way of <laughs> it not working. Yeah. Mine was uh, she wasn't the same person that I was dating. Is that right? Yeah, she just changed. I don't know if it was... I, I First, I tried to make excuses. Oh, she's pregnant. She's hormonal. You know, things yeah. are changing, blah, blah, blah. And then... And then I was like, oh, no, you're not at all a nice person. Was it kind of uh, unpredictable? It was. And and I'm, you know, it's funny because every now and then when I'm hanging out with my ex-wife and my daughter, it all feels really nice, like a family. Yeah. And then something, she'll go right back to who she is. And I'm like... There it is. That's the reason I can't be with you. Yeah. That's the reason. Which I have to imagine feels pretty good after yeah, you're divorced. Like, thank God. You don't want to go like, what did I do? No. And be one of those no, people she'll, that got she'll throw me reminders all the time. Yeah. Despite gracious. how much she's like saying we should probably get back together. And I'm like, Here's and a- then I consider it sometimes. I'm like, maybe, you know, she, and then something, uh, there it is. That's yeah, the reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 I have a theory for guys that are going through breakups because whenever guys go through breakups, you always look at pictures of your ex-girlfriend and you're always in happy times. Yeah. You're smiling. You're laughing. Oh, this is is Disneyland. This is us, you know, on vacation in Italy, you know, and you're always happy having dinner. Yeah. I always say take pictures of your girlfriend when she's angry. (laughs) Only when she's angry. I hate Like you'll be driving. I'm like, hey, honey, you look really fat today. What? Click. (laughs) And that way when you break up, you have all these pictures. You go, that's the fucking bitch I remember, (laughs) you know, and then you won't go back. I hate to do this. Somebody has that bit oh there you go <laughs> have you done that on stage uh no oh because it's very funny i was like oh that must be from his act owen benjamin does that bit owen does that joke because yeah, yeah, yeah. i think i've done that joke on stage before but i've oh. never I've well he taped his hour the same night i did and that was t- maybe two years ago no, it, was, yeah, it doesn't matter i'm not i'm not i'm not joke policing you no, no, whatever like, it is i hate when i do that i'm like fuck man no it's okay i know owen oh, yeah, yeah yeah he's a funny guy if you play the improv i'm sure you see owen yeah. from time to time hanging out I love him. He's a hangout He's a giant human being. He's the better looking me, and I resent that. I is he taller than you? We're about the same height, but like six, people, six. if we're what in the you? club at the same time, I'm 6'6". Six, six. Me too. Me too. Are you really? No, I'm having a 5'11 day, though. <laughs> if we're in the club at the same time, I've had girls come up and squeeze my butt because I think I'm him. Then that's just his existence. Yeah. You fucking asshole. <laughs> you guys could be brothers. We could play brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Um, in fact, we've talked about that. We're good nemesises. We were, he's like my nemesis. It's like a playful thing. Is I'm like, because I try and crush him. <laughs> and he tries to crush me. It's but, a uh, height. You guys are heightists? Yeah, we can't have two of those types of people. That's like they are with me and other brown comics. I was just going to say, you think it's just a brown thing. That is oh, my God. I had the New York Times tell me that they couldn't write an article on me. Why? Because they written one on Aziz in October. That's really funny. How fucked up was that? When I roasted Kumail, I said, uh, Kumail is here, which only means Aziz is somewhere making Kumail irrelevant. <laughs> which I thought was really funny. He's really good on that show. Uh, Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. Yeah. Kumail's one of my dearest friends. Is we started staying up the same week. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Was he from Chicago, too? He was in Chicago. He went to college. He went to Grinnell. Mm-hmm. So he was. that was the closest city, I suppose. The closest big city. Uh, so he got divorced. Still friends. Uh, you have to be. We have because a you have a child together. You can't. You can't be enemies. We go through periods where we both hate each other. Yeah. We go back to periods where, we, where we're okay, and then it's but, a fifty-fifty state. Did she get a lot of your money? No, I was not married long enough for her to get my money. Is that true? That's how it works. Yeah, you're only on the hook for half the time you're married. And we're only married for fourteen months, so she was. On, I was only on the hook for her for seven months. You? And I didn't work in that year, so she was on the hook for nothing. Oh, you get fifty percent of half the time you've been together. No, so you're—it's half the money you make while you're married. Yeah, 
and it's only for half the time you were married. Oh, I didn't know up, that. Up to a certain amount of years. I think it's after 10 years, it's half of everything. Did you have a... But up to 10 years, it's half of half the time. Okay. I guess that's good, especially in your case, being married so briefly. Right. And so it, 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 the, the marriage part had no bearing on how much money I was giving her. Did you have three years with the your wife? baby? No, not at all. Not, not at all. I tried to sneak in this little question. I, I would like to. Have, no, I would not like to have because she was a very jealous woman. What really? Yeah, still is. Here's another weird question for you: Did the dysfunction of your wife? This is a Freudian question. Mirror the relationship you have with your mother? No, not at all. You weren't kind of repeating history. No, not at all. My ex-wife was very is uh, very jealous and. And uh, would try to seemingly appear secure, but very insecure. And your mother was above board? My mom... I uh, See, I don't know my mom's, like, relationship details because... But I mean her relationship with you. No, my mom's relationship's fine with me. I mean, my mom's a mom, you know. She's she's a, 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 a widow, and she's, a, you know, she's she's a 74-year-old widow, so, she, you know... Sure. She's but a brat. My mom's a brat. Really? Especially now, now Why? that she can have anything she wants. You know, is that her in the helicopter in the backyard? <laughs> oh, here comes mom doing this move, waving, with, gesturing with her hand. Move. And how many brothers and sisters? Just my brother, and myself. Just you guys, and and she uh, she loves it. She's proud. Oh yeah, Russell and, Peters. You know, she's is got my two son. grandkids. She's got my gra- my daughter and my brother's kid. Yeah. So she's happy now, you know. But she's still a brat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. That's that's the first rich thing you've said. Once you get to a certain point, because money really does help you have leverage with your parents. I yeah. know that's strange to say, yeah. but you can kind of sever your dependence on them financially. Yeah. That's when you can start kind of looking at them objectively, yeah. as opposed to the lactating teeth that they were for the first eighteen yeah. years of your life. Yeah, the, she, you know, like now she'll be like, oh, like, you know, my mom. I don't know. My mom's a weird individual when it comes to certain things. Like my mom will call my daughter on my phone. And she'll try, she'll talk over my daughter's answers. And then she'll be like, she's not saying anything. You're talking over her answer. You just keep making noises. And even my daughter looks at the phone and is like, what, what do you want? Like, you know what I mean? So It's so it's, weird. It's like moms just don't really, I don't know why moms even use telephones. Because yeah. they don't listen to what you're saying. They just want to talk. And my mom will give you the most innate details as to her of uh, her day that you don't you don't need these this information right uh, like like i was like oh what time did you get up ma 1003 or 4 or 1005 i'm like <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter 10 o'clock ma 10 o'clock let's call it 10 <laughs> this story is over yeah that's that's an old person thing my mom is the same way she will tell what'd me what'd you a do story. Uh, then i got up and i right. walked went to the bathroom the punch and i washed my slippers. face <laughs> yeah and that's where i found my slippers yes yeah. You're like, and you're like, oh, and then I went downstairs to make some toast. Right. You hate to admit it, but you can come in and out. You you start to understand your dad. I know your dad has passed, yeah. but at the older my parents get, I'm kind of like, oh, my dad can kind of tune in and out. He doesn't really give it enough effort. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dad, if you just listen to the main ingredients of the beginning of the story, you'll probably know the right response. You can piece together. At the end. Yeah. You yeah. can go either, that's great, or that's bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> or... I'm sorry uh, about do that. Do we need more butter? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'll go get more butter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. What, what about now? I, I'm not looking for, you know, page six details. Would you like to get married again? No, never. Why is that? I, I realize it's not for me. It's not. A, I, I can't even be in a relationship, really. Why is that? I, I got, I, I like variety. I like, I get bored easy. I, um, uh, I'm not so much in love with the idea of love. I'm. 
I love I love different women. I like you know I'm a feeling guy. Maybe one day I want a big ass girl. Tomorrow I want a skinny girl. The right. day after I want a chubby girl. You know I don't know what I want. I would tell you I want a blonde. Tomorrow I want a brunette. Strange question. Do you find satisfaction in that endless novelty seeking? I sure as hell do. <laughs> There's nothing empty about it for me. I, my friends are like you can't do that forever. I go no you can't. But until I until I don't feel like doing that anymore, I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. And and but the stress—I uh, don't have much experience in that world. But the strain of of juggling or everybody knows the deal going in. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing fame and wealth afford you is that you can be like, "This is the deal, man." Hello. Uh, Hello. Is she asleep? Hi, baby. Hello, baby. Hi, boo boo. Are you tired? Come here. <laughs> As we. As we're talking about monkey. <laughs> Say hi Pete. Hello. Say hi Pete. I'm Pete. Hey Tiger Boo Boo. Alright, you come sit with Daddy okay. <laughs> I would like to have this conversation while you hold your daughter. That's fine, we'll do it. <laughs> we're talking about That's fine. Horn? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so she you... understands it, that's what the problem would be. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, we want her to understand suffering, not this necessarily. So you're owning the, let's admit it, it's a fantasy life of being like, I want to have different people. The question And you I also got to understand, you, here's a guy that, you know, in his teens was rejected by so many girls and, and somewhat humiliated by so many women. Yeah. You know, I remember writing like these really sweet notes to one girl in high school. I think I was in ninth or 10th grade. Yeah. Like, you know, just stuff like little corny rhymes and. You know, I think you're so pretty and blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. Only to have, like, some other jerk-off in the next grade uh, tease me about it. Like some guy, uh, I saw what you wrote to Carla. I'm like, I'm embarrassed. And that was between us. I was like, really? I was like, really? Yeah. And I felt like, wow, this chick is a piece of crap. Yeah. Because she showed it. Yeah, I was like, well, you know, these aren't like, I wasn't professing my love, but I was like, you know. It hurt you. Yeah, and I was like, all right, I don't trust you. Right. And I was like, all right, that, that's what made me go, okay. So you don't trust so, them hoes? We don't, we don't love them hoes. I'm yeah. out the dough. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how do the hoes deal with that? Because, like, do they, this is my question, do they, are you up front in the sense that you're like, I, the, the sort of language just gets old, I have to imagine, where you're like, I'm not looking for anything serious. Or are you just hanging out with people that know the deal from the beginning? Prostitutes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just can't, I don't, I don't sell them a dream. Yeah, I'm not in there saying, oh, we're, you know, I may jokingly say stuff, we're going to be so happy together, you know, but it's obviously said in jest. Um, <laughs> you look over, they, she's just wearing a wedding dress, crying, yeah, mascara. Yeah. You promised <laughs> me a rose garden. <laughs> <laughs> I never promised you a rose garden. Is the key to that youth? Are you with a lot of young people that don't? I don't try to go too young. But if you dated a woman, I have to imagine, not, not to do a disservice to the lady listeners, but if you were dating a woman that was of a more settling down age, don't you think she would be more like, I appreciate the hot tub and the crystal, but like, let's, let's talk about the future a little bit? I, I want somebody, you know, I, I, I'm more interested in the person who's not trying to change me. Yeah. Who just accepts me as who I am. I really do think this is some rich guy stuff. Right? Rich, famous guy stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege thing, I think. It's a privilege where you get to enact the true fantasy, which is speaking your truth in, in real time. Yeah. Which I have to like think... Like, you can't really be this honest if you work at, you know... Blood that's what I'm saying. You know yeah, what I mean? that, that's what I'm kind of dancing But at around. the same time, you're not going to get these opportunities working 
And he's regular job. Which goes back to what you think about while you're having sex, which is, I don't know how this happened. It's only because of my last tour. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, you know, it's funny because sometimes you, uh, especially as of late, I mean, you, you know, you fantasize about some certain women and then you end up with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then... Are you allowed to say who that is? No. Well, no, not really. But... <laughs> But the ironic thing is... Well, it well, was Alanis Morissette. Yeah. No, I said ironically. You're, you're <laughs> right. dropping hints. Ironically, that's... Uh, <laughs> Binky. That's, uh, what happened? She dropped her Pepe. Pepe. Say thank Pepe. you. Say thank you, Pete. That means Pete. You're welcome. <laughs> you call your Binky a Pepe? That's or Now she says pacifier, too. Oh. I go, you want your Pepe? I want my pacifier. <laughs> okay. Excuse Pepe. me, father. Uh... <laughs> there's, a, there's a daddy-daughter hug happening right now. Um, so you're going to keep doing that until... Until you know, I'm bored of it and want something more. Yeah. Um, but until then, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> I, I don't ever want to... If I start feeling guilty about it, then maybe I should get out of it. But right. if I'm enjoying the ride, literally, um, <laughs> I might as well enjoy the ride. I mean, there's a lot of uh, people listening that they would say that that is their fantasy. And, and, if, and if you're being honest with your fantasies and greenlighting it... That's as valid. Oh, yeah, but I was saying, uh, fly sometimes fishing you fantasize Missouri. about these women, and you end up yeah. with them. Yeah. And then while you're doing it, you're so used to your brain going to someone else. Right. That I was with one girl, and I was like, "Oh, I usually think about. Oh my god, I think about her, and she's right there. That's funny. And then like her, she turned her face to the side, and I saw her face, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing." <laughs> this is- uh, oh, it's from behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't know why I felt prudish for a moment. It's funny, I can't believe I know this, but John Mayer did a set of The Cellar where he did a bit about Brad Pitt getting uh, a beach from Angelina Jolie and, like, how do you finish? Yeah. You just close your eyes and you have nothing else to picture. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what you picture when you're trying to finish. You get into character for your next film. <laughs> but yeah. Reading scripts. <laughs> when it comes to, like, arousal, though, it, it for you it is just, obviously it's novelty and it's variety and, it, and it's physicality and all that sort of stuff, but there isn't that sort of, like, emotional or narrative-based... Uh, kind of interest there. I, I don't mean to simplify what you're doing to a rap video, but there isn't that like we met in a cafe and we, we shared a bottle of wine and started to rain and then we got ducked into a cheap hotel and that history kind of that makes things more erotic. Um, well, for me right now, I'm I'm you know I'm attaining the things I never thought I would attain. Yep. And then I think once that becomes old hat. Then maybe you want to add to the story more. Do you, you know? see anybody again? Is it only one time? Uh, a lot of times it is. A lot of times, you know, and that's more geographical than anything. Yeah. I'm just not there. They're not here. Oh, you're doing this on the road? I'm doing it wherever Does your brother wrangle these people? No, my brother has not once zero involvement. Who wrangles involved. My these My brother people? wants zero involvement in any of that. Going back to the Beatles documentary, here's the Beatles. and I would do it myself. All right? these screaming girls. How? I would, Or I would say to my security guys, I go... They'll know when I see me talking to somebody from the stage. Like, they'll be like, okay, bring her back. <laughs> I remember that girl you were talking to? Yeah, I brought her back. Okay. Oh. When were you talking to her, though? On stage, you know. Ah, uh, you uh, flirt from stage. Sometimes. <laughs> you, you salty, salty dog. <laughs> sometimes. If it has to be that way, it has to be that way. Well, that's what you do. Because I was going to say, you can't, go to a, you can't go to the Buffalo Wild Wings after the show. No. Right? I do. <laughs> I do sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to move this a little bit closer to you. Oh, God. Sorry, Russell. Okay. All, all, all disasters. Let, let's, let's talk about God, and then you've been so generous with your time. And we're, this is 
perfect. If we talk about God for 10 minutes, we'll be right at the average episode length. Uh, who cares? I'm just saying you should feel good that you did the full run. I'm with it. You stayed in your lane. That's right. People won't be like Russell Peters did it, but he didn't really do a full episode. Let, talk about God. You were raised Catholic. I was raised Catholic. Dad was Anglican, Church of England. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, I had my communion, com- confession, confirmation. All the C's. All the C's. <laughs> Little baby C on my chest. Um, and uh, eventually, I've always questioned a lot of things. Even as a kid, I was like, this doesn't make sense. And this doesn't make sense. You mean looking at the Bible as a literal story? Yeah. All of it just didn't make any sense to me. What, do you remember a hang-up that you had? I always had a problem with the Virgin Mary. Yep, Virgin Birth, big one. Yeah, big, big problem for me. Right. And then, uh, and then I remember when I was about 13, I went to uh, this evangelical Sunday school thing because all the black guys were going there. And I was like, yo, come to, Sunday, yo, come to KRT this weekend. I was like, yo, let's go to KRT. And I was breakdancing, and I was all the breakdancers were going to be there, and I was just like looking for people to breakdance with. <laughs> and then that's why I Jesus learned about stealing, like, stealing money out of the... Uh, tray when it would come around no we pretend to put in money and pull out you know what i mean no way because i'm like why well, don't understand all this money thing like what is with this money like i'm like so in my head i was like you're supposed to be doing this for god why are you taking money from me yeah why am i paying to talk about god that doesn't make any sense yeah. like all these things didn't add up for me god don't pay the rent yeah and then uh you do and then as i got older you know you just start to learn more and you start to question and then you realize that religion is all very man-made Sure, of and, course, who else would make it? Yeah, and I'm like, well, that's why it became uh, a thing to me where I was like, I, I'm very confused by this, and the more I questioned it, the more I disliked it. But, and again, the, the questioning being, uh, and this is, this is most people, uh, when we talk about having problems with the faith, it's like looking at it like there was a woman named Mary, she was a virgin, she became pregnant, as opposed to looking at it as a story that's trying to tell us something that's beyond literal truth. Right, but then you... St- okay, so that's only, that's only if you look at it from one religion. Yeah. Then you look at all the other religions. After traveling around the world, you see... Sure. You know, and then you got Jews who define their entire existence by their religion. Right. There's some, some people who are this and I'm that religion. But then you got Jews that are... This is it. This is me. I'm all of this. Right. And then you got Muslims who are... You know, this is me and I'm all of this. Right. But then Muslims can also separate themselves from I am this, but I'm this as well. Right. You know, um... And then I, uh, you look at all the problems in the world, and what's the, the, the root? Often religion, yeah. Yes, and I'm like, well, this can't be good. Fundamentalism. Yeah, well, there's that, and then there's the whole... But you could say fundamentalism in any world is wrong. If you're a fundamentalist Patriots fan, you'll probably get in a fist fight. That's, that's also the same reason why I'm not a sports, uh, team sports fan. Well, it's cl- we're talking about clan identification. Yes. So when you are a fundamentalist and you say, this is the truth and that is not the truth, and this is right and that is wrong, that's where fist fights and parking lots happen. Yeah. And that's why I, again, am not a team sports fan, because people are like, oh, that's my team. I go, well, what if they suck this year? Yeah. I'm like, well, why don't you just go You just for have it? to have a bad year. Yeah, I'm like, why don't you go with a player? You know what I mean? Yeah, because you can follow his career, like boxing. Yeah, that's why that's, that's why I love boxing and, and fight sports, because, you know, it's clear-cut most of the time who the winner was. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and you, you know. Somebody wasn't robbed because of a f- dropping a foul. It's, you got punched Yeah, in well, sometimes they are, but, you know. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, you blindly follow this fighter. Right. He may fight somebody else who, you, who you're a fan of, and then you're confused. <laughs> like, oh, man, I, this is going to be a great fight, but I'm really torn as to who I want to win. Yeah. You know. I, that makes more sense to me. That's a, that's, you're an Elvis guy, not a Beatles guy. I'm a Zeppelin guy. A Zeppelin guy. I know. But that's a group. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> that group I love. So, uh, not to put it so, si- so but, simply. So, for me, yeah. I, and I, as of recent, I, I spend a lot of time watching, uh, uh, what's his name, Richard Hawkins? Richard Daw- Dawkins. 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 Yeah. I watch him. Big atheist. Yeah, I watch a lot of his debates, and I yeah. watch Bill Nye debates. Yeah. And I'm really into it because, you know, the scientists really present a very compelling... Of course. Uh, and I'm I'm far more on the scientist side than I am on the faith side. Well, if we get rid of the man in the sky, the mm-hmm. conscious living God is watching us in this moment and, and cares whether or not you are unkind to me. Yeah, see, I always, I always say religion takes away um, your accountability. Sure, and science takes away, uh, it takes away the idea of uh, metaphysics. It takes away the idea of something beyond words, beyond thought. It's a lot of what and no why. So that's why my question to you is, if, so, we, if we flush religion down the toilet, do you, are you open to the idea of something? Not something, yes, but a consciousness. Is, I know what you're saying. Is this God? Or is your no, daughter here, God? I think, here's, how I, here's exactly how I view things. Hit it. I believe that we are in this skin and that who we really are is not this skin. And when you die, that goes... It's like a video game in my mind. This is just a level. And when you die, you move on to another level. Right. And uh, the people that love you when you're on... That are on this earth with you. And when they die, their spirit comes on and still protects you and still looks out for you. Like your father. Yeah. Like that. And uh, like the people that genuinely love you. Mm Mm-hmm. And and when you're... uh, So, so basically, this is just a, a, it's, it's a skin that we're in, and and there's no. It's an avatar. It's an avatar, and you know, like this is this is it. Like this is just this is just now. That's why. What are you doing? <laughs> She's high footing you. <laughs> Stinky toes. Ew. <laughs> So this is a level, this is temporary. This is a level, this is temporary. Um, I know the uh, scientists have a problem with that. Sure. But I think that's more of a personal thing as opposed to an actual thing. I don't look at it as an actuality or a fact. I kind of look at it as a a hope. As a possibility. Yeah. Something that could be true. Yeah, and I think all religion is 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 a lot of uh, rules that you should already know about. You know, you know, you, you should you should know not to kill somebody. Right. You should know not to screw somebody over. Right. These, these are these are these are human things that you should just know already. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so when you think when you die, maybe there is some sort of uh, works based reward or different levels. Yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, that's what I was trying to say. Uh, we are. Uh, it sounds weird, but you are. When you when you when you when you don't believe in religion and you try not to believe in in, in a god type figure or any of the things that were written down, uh, you have to learn how to accept uh, what you do, and your conscious your conscience should be your god, so to speak. Right. Because that's all this imaginary god person is is your conscience. It, well, it's your consciousness and your yeah. conscious. I, I would agree with that. It, it, it's that sort of. Going with what you know. Yeah, and just saying, oh, God, forgive me. It's basically you're saying, I hope I can forgive myself. And, but when people go, well, God will forgive me. I'm like, well, then you just don't forgive yourself. 
and you're delusional into thinking that some imaginary person is going to take blame for you. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So are, are you going to raise your daughter with any sort of... I'm ritual? not, but like, you know, my mom and, uh, and her grandmother, uh, I think her grandmother takes her to church every now and then. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. You know, she's not, it's not like she's taking her to a, a slaughter, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Fine, she's learning about other things. She needs, the more knowledge you have, the better it is, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, just because I'm one way doesn't mean, you know. But you're not going to I want her to, to, to be able to experience the facts. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I always say that wars are started by people that don't eat pork. So we should all get out there and eat some pork. <laughs> That's really people funny. that denounce the pig really freak me out. Yeah. That's it's a good. filthy animal. They're all animals are filthy. Yeah. They're animals. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a good answer, man. Thank you for doing this. Thanks, um, Pete. You want to say, that, what's your name of your podcast? You made it weird. Why are the left and rights? Oh, shit. It's okay. I got on this. What's the name of your podcast? You made it weird. Oh. Baby, can you say, you made it weird? No. <laughs> Just straight up no? She's tired. That's okay. Thank you for taking the time. I hope this one recorded, but if we... If it I saw that recording for a long I mean, time. Yeah, but these aren't going up and down. I did see it going up and down earlier. Oh, it's because the mic... Fuck! I'm glad I recorded... I'm sorry, I've sworn <laughs> from your daughter. Um, we got on this one. Uh, well, thanks, man. Would you mind saying uh, keep it crispy? It's just how we end the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Pete. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Thank you, Russell Peters. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com.